14. What's up, I-90 Sports Nation? What is up, guys? What is going on? Welcome back to episode 14. We brought some special guests along with us today, me and JD. We got Coach Dante underneath. What's up, Coach? How you doing, brother? What up, what up? Thanks for coming on, man. And then we got our good old... Yeah, we appreciate you coming on, man. We appreciate, appreciate you man. coming on. Thanks, thanks for joining us. And then we got our we got our previous friend from before, Ross. What's up, bud? Hey, just enjoying the Yankees taking that large L for consistently twelve years. So this will be <laughs> my background and my photo for the rest of the rest of the show. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a good meme. Any 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 day the Yankees take an L is a good day. No doubt. But let's. No. So we're gonna jump right into this one. Um, JD, let's uh let's start off with your Bears, brother. Um, they win. They uh they win big against the Raiders, dude. Twenty to nine. Um, the crazy part about it is, if you look at the stat line, it it was, it doesn't tell like the story of the game. You you guys. I think the biggest because it, it's not impressive. It's not like overly impressive and jump and jump out at you like wow they dominated the game. True. But the biggest part that I took out of it, at least from watching, um, at least from watching, uh, um, the defense. The, no, the the all twenty two. Um, at least from watching the all twenty two. Oh, oh yeah. You guys made the plays when you needed to. You made the yes. important plays when you needed to to keep Cute. drives going, and you know well, to, to score. Like, yeah, like you, you. That's the biggest thing that I think I took out of the game. At least from watching the all twenty two. Like, they, they just made plays when they needed to. When they needed to keep drives going, and and just in big moments, they you know fields and whether it was the offense or the defense coming coming up big. Huge. It, th- you just you just did what you had to do to win, and that was sometimes that's that's all you really need to do. But I want to get your um, I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, Gladly. Oh man, it was it was a game. I mean, this is this whole like week. I mean, it's Packers week now, but let's talk about that first. But like, man, this just it is great to be a Bears fan right now. It is probably the best time to be a Bears fan that we've had in maybe a decade or more or less, something like that. It's been a long time since it's been this great to be a Bears fan. Uh, that game was a huge uh, – Matt Nagy talked about it after the game, and he gets a lot of grief, and he takes it up right on the chin. So I'll give it to him, give him a little bit of credit there. He takes a lot of grief, and he gets it right on the chin, even for me, even for everybody. But, like, this guy, he said it best. It was a huge team victory. Every single guy from the punter – to the quarterback, to the offensive line, defensive line, everybody stepped up. The linebackers were obviously phenomenal. They always are. Um, I think it was poetic justice that <clears throat> that Khalil Mack, and I'm not going to talk about a lot of different things, but I think that I think it was poetic justice that, that Khalil Mack got John Gruden. It was one of the reasons that John Gruden got fired. I'm sure there's a myriad of other reasons, a million reasons, but like just just giving him a nice old slug. You know what I mean? Because you traded me. You didn't believe in me. Like Khalil Mack just coming back uh, to Las Vegas and giving him a nice old punch in the chin. That was great to see. Uh, The Raiders were – the Raiders could have been better. The Raiders didn't play very well. They executed poorly. But I think that had a lot to do with the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense came out there. They were incredibly violent, incredibly physical. 
they were um, strong up front. And uh, I'll just overall, I would say like it was a huge team win. Justin Fields, you could see, man, some of those hits he took, like this guy is an Iron Man. Like he is hitting, a. They were hitting him, man. They were no joke. They were tough. they were going after him. They were this going after off him. his nails. But I want to know what you guys think. I just like that's my first initial thoughts is that Justin Fields is tough as nails. He belongs in Chicago. I was watching a documentary about Jim McBan, and I'm like, man, Fields has a lot of those same like just I don't give a crap qualities. Like I'm gonna win. He's a winner. I like winners. So let me know what you guys think about that. I, I, I like I I. I told you, dude, I, I, the biggest takeaway that I had was, was that you guys just made plays in big moments to, to that, that mattered. You know, you made, you made the plays that you met. So as a coach, I used to tell my players, a football game is decided in five plays. You don't know which five plays those are going to be. So you got to so play true. the whole game. Damn, that's that's why you play a hundred percent the whole game. Cause it's, it's, it's a handful of plays that determine a game. It's not, you know, it, it, it's literally, it's literally five, five plays. And, but there's, those could be scattered throughout the entirety of the game. So you have to, you have Big to moments. play the whole game. It's not about and, the stats. Yeah, no, it's, 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 you have to make plays in big moments in big spots, you know, get up to the Raiders. They were actually pretty good. Um, like it's just that our defense was so good. That's what I think, at least. I, yeah. I think the Bears' defense was unreal. They were just—they're underrated, I think, a little bit from the mainstream media. They're, they don't get talked about like the Niners and a bunch of these other guys. The Bears' defense is here to stay right now, man. They're—they're they're legit again. Now I want to—I want to kind of um, break. I want to break it down into the offense and defense. So we'll separate them out first. Um, the once again, the rushing attack for the, the like the 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 rushing for the Bears again. Montgomery clearly one of the best offensive weapons you guys have. Well, he was actually hurt this game. Can you believe that? Oh he no, was that's hurt. right. Who was, it no, was who, Herbert? Who was taking? Who was Williams. taking his place? Who was that running back room is amazing. It was Herbert and Williams were running the ball, and now Herbert, Williams. Herbert, Herbert. My, yeah, my mistake. Yeah, my mistake. yeah. Herbert was ridiculous. You no, know, you're right. He was insane, and yeah, he he does. He has a similar number to Montgomery. So if you're watching that 22, yeah, I can see what he he those bursts up the middle, man. Herbert is dangerous. He's he's like the third string guy, but he is dangerous. Well, we talked about it too. The interior. The, once again, the. The center and both guards, the interior of your line, played really well, dude. Like, like yeah, oh, you're right. Well. That was actually going to say that you were you're spot on about that, even more than I was. Like you called that before. The interior line really does move guys around. And they used like like a lot of Herberts, a lot of a lot of the rushing attack was straight at straight at the Raiders. It was right up the middle. It was. It was with pulling guards. You know what I mean? It was it was in tight. It wasn't around the edges. It was in tight and right. And that's kind of like old school Chicago Bears football, you know, like absolutely beat you into the ground with the run game and then be, you know, um, be physical at, you know, on defense and just beat you up on D. That's that's kind of that old school Chicago Bears mentality. No, we were daring the safeties to step up. We were like or we were for, or rather forcing the safeties to step up and uh the safeties, you know, they, they didn't know what to do in that game because you got Herbert bursting up the middle. You got Williams on the outside, like catching all these screens from fields or just taking it on the outside and on a nice pitch. 
Um, he was really good. Williams was really good. And it sucks because now he's in. Uh, he's sick. He has protocol. I'm not going to say the magic words for everybody, but he's got protocols right now. So and uh, he so can't Williams play. Is going through the health and safety protocol. Exactly. Yep. He's sick, so he can't play next week against the rival Packers. So but that'll still, be a whole other thing. Still Herbert though, right? Herbert still still got Herbert. Still okay. got Herbert. Sucks though, but I want to know. Uh, I want to know Dante and Ross's uh, opinion on wh- who, who wants to start. We want to start with well, our let's guest. Go, let's go to Coach oh. first. He's we'll go. With, we'll go. Impressed. We'll go okay. with. Uh, we'll go with the the guest of the the guest of the yeah. Afternoon. Let's do it, Coach Hell Dante. Yeah. What do you think? What brother? do you think about Bears? Got? Uh, I, I mean, the only thing I question about the Bears, uh, what the quarterback situation? Uh, if Andy Dalton, that's the only thing I question about the Bears. But I, I to be honest with you. Throughout the whole draft process, I thought Justin Fields was probably the best quarterback in that draft. And you're seeing how Trevor Lawrence is uh, doing right now. You're seeing Zach Wilson looks a mess uh, right now in New York. I'm starting to think that became the new Cleveland Browns for quarterbacks. I'm I'm starting to think. And I always thought Justin Fields was very good in Ohio State. At Ohio State, I thought he was the best quarterback in his draft. Uh, I like the running back, Montgomery. Uh, if Matt Nagy uses him more, give him the ball more, he's a great back, catch out of the backfield. And I love this defense. I love this defense for Chicago. I thought that's what kept the uh, Bears relevant last year. And the Saints, had a t- the Saints had a horrible time scoring on them even in the playoff game. The problem was, was just the, the quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. But now I know he's happy in Buffalo. Was, was it Matt Nagy? Was it Mitchell Trubisky? I'm not sure what it was. I can't answer yep. that. I believe uh, mm-hmm. JD, you can answer that question. Which one it was? But I'll say I, I, that was a huge win, man. Uh, and the Raiders was explosive on offense. They were good. They have two good backs, uh, Jacobs, and the Bears just went in there and just shut them down, man. And I'll say the only weapon that I see the Raiders exploiting is Darren Waller. The Bears took him out of the game, and you take him out of the game. You pretty much take with no running game. They haven't ran the football yet well this year. With no running game, I don't see how uh, how, the Raiders, how the Raiders can beat pretty much anybody. And the Chicago Bears done a great job. That offensive line was doing a great job. Robinson, they made the plays when they needed to make, like Bobby said, down the stretch. They wanted it more. And I'm happy for Khalil Matt because that man deserved his money in Oakland. And John Gould just straight up disrespected him. And True. And kicked him out. Out the door like it wasn't nothing. So I'm just happy for uh, Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears, man. So, again, Aaron Rodgers still, I think they're vulnerable than ever. And I think Chicago has a great chance of beating them this year and at least uh, taking a split with them this year. I think Chicago, with that defense and Justin Fields, uh, keeps getting better and better every single day. I, I think True. the Bears team can be scary. Before I respond to that, I don't know what Ross thinks, too. Dude, like, straight facts right there. Like, again, like, my only general complaints about the Bears on the things is very similar to what the Patriots are going through, at least on the first note. Like, for me, the one thing I looked at was penalties. You know, it's like, you got to tighten up those things. You know, like, the stats on the penalties was not a good stat line. You lost 70 yards for eight penalties. Like, again, you know, it's got to be tighter than that. You know, with an organization like that, you got to kind of tighten things up especially with the fact is you guys are already a little behind the game because you're switching out quarterbacks and everything else. True. Um, the third third down production was down. It is what it is. You know, um, I know you guys had some problems on that O-line, but 
your defense was absolutely dominant, like Coach was saying. It was stupid. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just it was really like, great. Like, you caused five punts. Uh, let's see. You guys call caused four punts and three sacks. And I'm not even going to go in the amount of tackles, you know. Um, yeah. And then your rushing attack. Like, your rushing attack. 143 all-purpose yards on the rush. Like, the rushing saved that game. If you guys got stopped on the run, it would have been a really, really hard matchup for you. But true. Very you guys true. made everything work. I like where this team is going. I don't like Nagy as much. I think, honestly, there might be a time to part ways at some point. That's just my personal opinion. But I'm seeing a lot of positives from the Bears, man. You know? There are a few things. No, I agree with you. You guys both make really good points that I want to hit on because that's a, that's a very interesting. And like there are like back when the when we lost to the Browns, when we got completely pulverized. The tackles were playing like crap. Now Jason Peters, after that last game, he's like swagging on Twitter and stuff like that. He doesn't care. He's just like, man, I'm the best left tackle in the league. I'm like, bro, you got dominated by Miles Garrett a few weeks ago. Shut your ass up. But anyway, um, regardless of that, I was. Because I made a video. We made a video. We talked to uh, to Joshua Sports here about this, about should we trade Khalil Mack. And when I said that, I was very clear. I don't want to trade him. But is this Somebody team trash? To, someone would have to bring you an offer that like you literally couldn't yes. say no to. This game has proven to me. We don't need to trade him. He can stay right where he is. Fields is the guy for the long term. We can get this done. And I think the moment that hit me, and I think it hit all the players and the coaches and everything – that Fields is the leader, although I feel like it should have hit him earlier. That Fields is the leader of this team, though, is when he hyperextended his knee. He was out. He, dude, that looked terrible. When I hyperextended my knee, let me tell you this, dude. I was out for, like, two weeks in sports. Like, I was on crutches for four days. I was icing myself every day. That hurt like hell. This dude is out for three plays, three one, two, three plays, and he's back in the game. He's hyped, ready to go. Everyone's asking about it. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts, but I'm the, I'm the leader of the Bears, dude. I only have one chance in life to do this. Fields is locked in, bro. So everyone knows it now. We're all – everyone, the coaches can get behind him. And here's what I'll say about Matt Nagy. You make a good point. His leadership, very wishy-washy over the last five weeks. It has been. We can't hide from it. It has to be addressed. But here's what I'll say. He hired two really, really good – okay, whoever hired those two offensive coordinators should, should keep their job, in my opinion. Or, uh, excuse me, not offensive coordinators, both the coordinators, the defensive and the offensive coordinators. Like Sean Desai, everyone loves him. He's amazing. And then Bill Lazor seems to be doing a very good job. So that's my opinion. But, Bobby, what do you think, my man? I, I, already, I already – I told you, man, I, I, I think you made plays when you had to on both sides of the ball to win the game. That's, that's all <laughs> yeah. that I – that's that. I mean, it's it, this. Like I said, the stat lines aren't impressive. They're not like, um, um, you know, they're not like, you know, they're not like, like pop. They're not really like impressive. It's just when you make play, you just you guys just ground it out. You know. No, I, I'm I'm with you. I really hope Montgomery. Or Mount, excuse me, Montgomery. Montgomery is back next week. Um, because he is, he is the, he, he's the engine that could, man, that guy, you can ride him like a horse. He's, he is, he can do anything. So I'd love to have him back. showed you that the rest of your running back room is pretty good. It's damn good. Yeah. So whoever's, that's what I'm saying. Ryan Pace, whoever's making these decisions, they can't be all bad. Yes. Are they bad in the media? Yes. Matt Nagy is a dummy in the media. He says a lot of dumb stuff. He, he talks way too much. 
Um, but I don't know. These guys are talented, man. The guys they put on the field are talented. So that's all I can say. Yeah, no, no doubt, dude. So let's um let's kind of transfer it over to the uh Patriots and the Texans. Now we have a resident Texan fan, Coach Dante. I want to get your let's just start with you, man. What so your initial thoughts on the game? What did you come away from it uh thinking about about the game between the Pats and Texans? Um well first of all, when we was even when we was up twenty two to nine. I never thought the Texans were winning the game. I just really never thought we were winning the game. We were all, you know, as when I when I when I go to coach my football team, even though my if my if I see my team up twenty to nothing and stuff like that, I would never think a game is over. True. Uh, and the Texans, they played one. They played they played two good halves. They played two good halves. That's all they played. And I thought the offense was stagnant. Uh, Chris Moore came out of nowhere, had a good game. He's a special teamer. It's rumors that uh, Brandon Cooks may be on the trading block. This team fights hard. They compete. We had four turnovers all last year. We already got 10. That's Lovey Smith, the defensive coordinator. That's him. This defense competing hard. Justin Reed is just a very good safety. Um, but I was even surprised how well we played the Patriots. Even though we lost by three, the Patriots did run the clock out, and it was smart by Bill Belichick, which is, I thought, I mean, y'all should have beat Tampa Bay. Bill Belichick handed Tom Brady the game, going for that 56-yard field goal in the rain instead of going for it on fourth and three when y'all was gashing them in short yards situation. That was a game that Bill Belichick basically gave up on that. On that, Y'all could have should have won that game, but other than that, we can't run the football. Offensive line can't block anybody. Uh, the receivers got open in this game. The receivers got open very much. They scorched the Patriots, uh, J.C. Jackson, their cornerbacks. But the problem is, similar to the Bears, we didn't make the plays down the stretch. Too many three and outs. Got too comfortable with the lead. Defense was tired on the field. Offense had multiple three and outs, including at midfield. Uh, the last pass that Davis Mills threw to Chris Moore. Uh, I don't know what happened on that drive. Patriots got the ball back, went down there and scored, and Patriots was able to run the clock out. But I'm very proud of this Texas team, the way they played, the way they fought hard. Other than the Buffalo Bills game, when I just thought Davis Mills just oh, just uh, stunk up everything. The, the offense just stunk. Defense on the field too long. But I like the way this team competing, and I like the way David Culley, uh, his leadership, and he, he has this team competing, not giving up, going hard every single play. We are one and four right now, but right now we we hasn't mm -hmm. played as a one and four team as, as late. Every game we fought hard. The Cleveland game, we'd have beat them. I thought we'd have beat them, but we had Tyrod Taylor. He was clearly outplaying Baker Mayfield in that game before he tore his hamstring. Yes. He was clearly outplaying yeah, Baker. He's good. No, yeah. no doubt. Tyrod is good. He's clearly outplaying him. I thought I we could have beat the Panthers. If Tyrod Taylor was in the ball game, if he played. Mm, so right. other than that, I thought Davis Mills was incredible against the Patriots, against so good. Bill Belichick, a team, a coach that knows how to make life miserable for rookies. I thought uh, Davis Mills definitely handled him, handled himself mm -hmm. really well and played great in that ball game. Mm -hmm. But that got to give yep. credit to the Patriots for coming back, taking the game more than the Texans. Uh, 
losing the game. I give credit to the Patriots. And I'll say, man, this team fights hard, man. Yep. yep. I agree. They're a good team. No, that's all. No, they, they, um, let me just say this the Texans, the Texans gave the Patriots (laughs) everything they could handle. They did. They gave them everything they could handle, man. And I, the Mill Davis Mills looked pretty good, dude. I'm not going to lie. He, he torched that Patriots secondary, torched them. It was, it was a bad day for the New England secondary. Mills was throwing all, Mills was slinging all, like, they couldn't cover anything. That that kid that kid Moore absolutely he tore he torched JC Jackson twice. Like, and I mean absolutely burnt burnt him twice. It wasn't even funny. JC was chasing him down two steps behind him. It wasn't even close. Mill uh Mills, he he impressed me, dude. He that the the one of the things I, I saw from the Texans was they don't quit, man. They they don't they no. don't quit. They, they play the whole no. game. Um, the patch just came out in the second half and they were, they were, I don't know where the motivate motivation and the sense of urgency was in the first half, but there was none. And the Texans just jumped on them. They just, they, they took advantage of that laid, laid back mentality and laid back play and the, the loose play from the, from the secondary and Mills just the middle of the field was wide open again. And he just, he took full advantage of it. And, you know, I give credit to, to Houston for for recognizing that the Pats came out flat and just you go, when a team comes out flat like that you got to take advantage of it and they they yep. did. I mean, uh, I mean, Chris Conley the play the uh, play that uh, the uh, Davis Mills uh, threw a pass to Chris Conley. I don't know who blew coverage on that play for the Patriots that touchdown by uh, Chris Conley, but I mean, I got to give credit to Davis Mills, man. He's the type of rookie when I watch him play. He's gonna have some ins and outs, some consistent, some inconsistencies. He's gonna have some good games and some bad games. And if you're a team in playoff contention, teams like the Texans, Lions, or tough teams like that that have nothing to play for, you don't want to play those teams if you're in playoff contention, because those are the type of teams that will kind of rattle you a little bit and end your playoff holes. But like I said, again, I'm proud of the way this team played. I was surprised the way we came out and. At halftime, I can guarantee you the Patriots were shell shocked the way the Texans came out and played that game. They were not expecting the Texans to be close. No, the, the, we lost the forty Texans, to zero. We lost forty to zero against Buffalo. The, the Texans the punched them. The, the Texans punched them in the mouth. Mm, in the, oh in the man, first yeah. They, They're the scared. Pats, the Pats, the Pats uh, were yo. not. The Pats were not ready for that. The yes, Patriots oh were not ready in that first half. They were not ready at all. The Patriots forgot yep. they had a football game for the first half. They forgot they had a football Seriously. game against the Houston Texans. They, they did not come out. They and they, play they well. did not look good in the first half. Luck, I mean, yep. luckily they were able to pull it together. And I mean, the final drive from Mac Jones was just eleven of twelve on the way down to set the field goal up. I don't you know, out of a rookie, you couldn't. I mean, I don't think you could ask for much more out of him, a rookie quarterback in a big spot like that, having to make that. You know, a. a a game-winning drive like that, and it, it it he impressed once again. Jones impressed me again to, yeah. you know, under pressure and being able to handle himself the way he did. This um, is just after a, an, an article came out too. I think it was ESPN that said Mac Jones is overrated and he'll never he'll never be like anything like Tom Brady. And then he goes out and he makes dude, a game-winning play. Nobody's going to be anything like Tom Brady. ESPN can suck mm-hmm. a nut. 
Got a game-winning drive, though, out of, the, <laughs> out of this week. So. He's playing better than any rookie quarterback that came He's out the of best. The yeah, He's got the best rookie, best rookie quarterback, quarterback right stats now. this whole yeah, year. Actually, yeah, that's probably He's the true. the best rookie quarterback right now in the league. Right and I think we all predicted that, too, with, like, it's the Patriots. They're going to set him up so for success. The, the, yeah. the, the scouting report on Mac Jones when, coming out of, when he was coming out of college was that he is the most NFL plug-and-play ready quarterback in the draft. He might not have the highest ceiling, but he is right now straight out of the draft plug-and-play NFL ready, which is – is you could see it. He's, he's NFL ready. He's surviving on the field and, and making good decisions, and he's – He's acting like a competent NFL quarterback. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ross, I, I what did you take out of the Pats one. game? Okay, let me let me get on camera so I can look at Coach Dante, like, directly, okay? Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> Coach, legit, if you are a fan of football, let's be honest, not both teams played at their best, but this was an entertaining football game. Like, again, you guys – you guys – Put their foot on the gas, and you never stop from the first quarter. You know, again, you guys went risky. You guys just went for it. You went to that kid all day. You guys had 293 total passing yards. You guys literally 21 for 29, 312 yards, three tutties. Like, again, it's this was a great game to watch, first and foremost, because me growing up, I watched all football. I'm a Patriots fan, but I love football. That's just me. I'm a 30, like, I've been watching for 33 years, and generally seeing great football, just a back and forth, it was a great football game. And, like, again, you guys have a lot to be proud of, especially with all the turmoil that's gone on, all the nonsense, all the stupidity by Bill, um, Bill O'Brien, you know, all that. And then you come in here, you still try to stand – with all these good teams in the league, and you always make it an interesting game. You guys have potential for the future. It's just right now you're trying to put the pieces back together. Um, one of the biggest things I got to say to you is, like, you guys have a future. It might not be right now playoff bound, but, again, you have some amazing pieces on that team that people are just sleeping on. That kid that kid, more impressed the hell out of me. He, he torched J.C. Jackson twice, and I mean, like, torched him like like Absolutely. jc was jc was three steps behind him trying to chase him down it wasn't even funny like bill o'brien bill o'brien is ahead. an absolute joke of a head coach in a general matter he's a goddamn joke that's that's what bill o'brien is uh right now and i'm like i'll say again man i'm proud of the way this team played and i'm shocked in chris moore chris moore played pretty much his whole career on special teams with the Ravens, with the Ravens. He played pretty much his whole career on special pe special teams, so he's actually not known as, as a wide receiver. Uh, Chris Conley is a guy that, that consider as not mm -hmm. getting open, has a hard time getting open. Well, he didn't have a hard time getting open uh, last week uh, against no, the Patriots week. because someone, someone, yeah. someone uh, blew coverage on that play. I don't know who it was. Someone blew coverage on that play. The Dante, they blew over. coverage all afternoon, bro. Hey, Chris, they the blew only, coverage all afternoon. The only thing that was covered up when Davis Mills threw that ball got down the goddamn sideline and Chris Moore catches that football, that was an awesome catch by Chris Moore on the sideline going up with two hands. That was an awesome catch, but Chris Moore. I thought that flea flicker, that flea flicker from Ingram was that was that yeah. was crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you guys crazy. had a great game plan too. Like I gotta say, your game plan. Let's put it this way, okay? You stopped our run. First step to being the Patriots. And then you were able to throw the ball against our secondary. Like, you guys had a fantastic game plan. If we didn't have the ability of Judon rushing your quarterback, like, it would have been a completely different ball game. And then the fact that Mac Jones had to put the team on his back with no O-line and drive for 231 yards. And, I mean, the numbers are not exactly impressive, but that TD pass to, to Henry – like, was the only reason we locked up the one of the big reasons that we locked up this game. And you guys had a great game plan. And I did, I, like, I got to tip my hat. You guys, you got us flat footed and you almost pulled that off. That was a fun game to watch. Oh, dude. No, they, they, they knew exactly what they were going to do. They, they came out, they, the Texans just came out with more energy than the Pats did in the first half. That's what it was. They just came out with more energy and they caught the Pats sleeping like jc jackson jc jackson like i w- had a horrible day um the entire secondary got got absolutely torn apart in the first half like it was bad the, the davis mills and the the tech and the uh in that kid Moore and conley bro they 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 tore apart the 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 pats secondary it wasn't even funny i just love that <clears throat> I was gonna say I just love how I how I tuned in to um it was like the perfect time I tuned in I don't remember exactly how much time it was on the clock but the Pats were down just like seven points or something like that and I, and I was just like Pats are coming back and stuff like that and everybody's like I hope so man I hope so and then yeah I clutched it out man it, it is I mean you expect that you expect that with with the well coached team like that you expect them to to clutch it out but. You're right, man. Like they almost had him in the first half. I, I was kind of, you know, I was only watching the highlights because I was locked in on the Bears game. But I was like, "Damn, Houston, man, what's going on here?" <laughs> they're not, they're not a joke. In a couple of years, you're going to start seeing some big things out of Houston, and especially when that it's trade down. goes in for Deshaun. Look at how much pick power and buying power you're going to have. Once That's what I want to talk about. They need, they need to, they, the, I, it's going to be a ballsy move, but they should. They should trade Deshaun Watson because they can. You guys should go to you should go to a team like Miami and just be like, just absolutely pants them for Watson. So Dante, what, what do you <laughs> what do you know about this? At least like, like, what's holding him back from being on the field exactly? Like, besides he doesn't want to be in Houston. Oh, uh, I think. Uh, I, there, there, see, I haven't heard much on the news on what's going on. Like, I see. I think that's a. I think that's on purpose. I think they're trying to keep that on the down low as much as they can until they figure out what's going on. Have you heard anything, Dante? I haven't heard nothing. Deshaun Watson been absolutely quiet, so I haven't heard yeah. really anything. And just like you said, uh, I can see nothing really that. Like I said again, he doesn't want to be in Houston. He just doesn't want to be here. Uh, I mean, he saw the way uh, DeAndre Hopkins, his best receiver, was traded. And yeah. he just didn't like the direction that, that we were going. Um, I would like to see Deshaun Watson gave David Culley uh, an opportunity to see what this team can do. Because with Deshaun Watson, we're clearly a far better team. Deshaun Watson gets the Houston Texans about seven or eight, seven or eight wins easily this year. That's true. And, again, uh, I would like to see what he can do with David Culley. And even on a bad year, Deshaun Watson had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions with practice squad wide receivers and Brandon Cooks. 
with practice squad wide receivers and Brandon Cooks. Basically a C team that was on the field. No defense. And Deshaun Watson was able to keep us in every football game last year. We wasn't and we wasn't a 4-12 team. We was better than 4-12, but the problem is when your defense is 29th in the league and not stopping not stopping me out there, can't even stop me out there. That that is a problem when your defense mm-hmm. is 29th in the national football Like you guys should league. dangle if if Deshaun Watson is is if Deshaun Watson really does want out and you want to like go through with it, I would dangle him in front of the the Lions and just be like, because he's better than Jared Goff, and yes. they're gonna have a top three pick in the draft, and you guys could go get your quarterback if you wanted yep. to. Yep. Well, Goff or, too bad. Or either. you could stick with Davis Mills for as a or as a too. bridge guy. You could stick with <laughs> Davis Mills as a bridge guy and pick you a number one receiver. Yep, yep. I will. I will. I want it if, if this wouldn't be too bad of an idea. But if you can keep Deshaun Watson into trade, into 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 the draft, and really into the draft, if you're not sold on Davis Mills, maybe you can use Deshaun Watson as trade bait for for the draft because you know some teams gonna gonna want to at the top of the draft gonna want to need a quarterback. That, that's what I mean. Take take yeah. take Detroit's take Detroit's like number two pick and just be like, yep. here, I want the number two pick, and just here's Deshaun Watson, and I want your pick. That's what I would yep. do. Yep. Because he's a no, transcendent quarterback yeah. at the end of the day. He's a transcendent quarterback. You know what you're getting out of Deshaun Watson. You're getting you're getting a superstar. Is Jerry Goff a superstar? No, nope, he's an average quarterback. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson literally makes your team better. Uh, when the moment he walks into that locker room, I agree. And you could probably get a haul for him. You can get, you can get a huge Dude, haul <laughs> if he can just clear these charges yeah. or whatever they are, these allegations. I, I'm not even sure what they are anymore because we don't have any information. So that's the weird thing. It's like everyone just speculates at this point, and but like, but he's just a super talented guy on the bench. I think they are trying to. I think they are trying to work it out, and I just think they're trying yeah. to do it behind the scenes so it doesn't distract the team. You know what I mean? They don't want it to distract the team. So I think they. I think they are, dude. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think they're yeah. trying yeah. to figure it out. They want to get him out of there. Well, well, they want to figure out what they're going to do with him. Yep. Yeah, he's too valuable to just sit there. Well, that, 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 that's what I mean. A guy of his talent, and he's just sitting there doing like that's a waste. That's yep. a waste. Can't happen. So I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, dude, I, I'm agreeing with. You. I think they are. I think they are trying to do what, trying to do something. But I want to say one They'd thing be before we move too. on from the Texans. And I just want to look the receiving core numbers for that game, average per yards. For your receiving core coach, 21.8 yards per catch. Chris uh, Chris Moore, 21.8. Chris Conley, 28. God. Pharaoh Brown, 11.0 yards per catch. Antonique Auclair, Auclair, 11.0. Dude, like, again, if you can get half that consistency across the season, you guys gain more chemistry going yeah. into next season. Like, you guys have a really high ceiling already in some in some factors. And imagine you get a real competent quarterback back there. Like, say you make a big move after you trade Deshaun or you get that stuff going. Like, this is definitely a team to look out for in the next couple of years. You know, it, a lot Without of things a doubt. are changing. Without a doubt. Yep. Especially with Bill O'Brien gone. Oh, thank God. Don't even bring him up. Don't give me some <laughs> thank, thank, Really, thank So, let, <laughs> thank God, right? JD, let's throw it back to you. Sure. Um, we're gonna go back. We're gonna get back on the uh, up yours Houston Astros Express, 
and uh, travel back from Boston to back into the Windy City. And you guys and the Bears have a huge, a big division. This is a, Best. yeah, this is this a is big it. rivalry. The Bears and Packers going at it. This is in Lambeau, right? Yes. Uh, or is it in Lambeau or in Chicago? No, no. You know what? Let me double check. I thought it. I thought I looked already, but I don't remember. Let's see. It is in Chicago. So it's time. so the Bears are at home. This is a this is a big chance here for Justin Fields. It might be one of the last times we're in Soldier Field against the against the uh, Packers. Um, maybe like four or five more times. So we'll see about that. Um, it's a huge game. It's the hugest game. I don't remember who it was. I think it was it was Jalen Johnson. They uh, one of the media members asked one of the players, um, you know, what do you think of the Bears Packers game? He said, first of all, it's the Bears – or what do you think of the Bears-Packers rivalry? He's like, first of all, it's the Bears-Packers rivalry. So, you know, it's only 100 years old. It's a century old. So it is a huge rivalry. Yeah. Um, the Bears will be wearing their throwback 1920s jerseys. It's going to be completely badass. And, uh, you know, and Justin Fields, you can tell how locked in he is. I was watching some uh, press – obviously, I was watching some media availability, a bunch of it. And you can just see how locked in Justin Fields is. So I'm excited for that. Um the Bears have every, have it cut out for them, man. I mean, they know what it's going to take to win. They know everything. They have to get Rodgers on his ass. You know, it, it's that, yeah, that's you how you beat Rodgers. You, you have to pressure him. You got to so get that, on. His, that, that leads me into my next little thing for you. So, the the keys to victory for you. What what are the Chicago Bears going to have to do to beat the Packers in this game? Yes, number one, get Rodgers on his ass. We talked about that. Uh, well, number two, and we have the guys. Let's talk about that for a second because we have the guys to do it. We got Smith. He can take the middle. He can got. He's got. He's a. He's a glue. He's like, oh, you want me on the tight end? Oh, you want me on the running back? Oh, you want me in the middle? He, wherever you put him, that wherever the ball goes in that area, it's getting smashed. So Smith can contain it. Then you got the pass rush. You got Goldman. You got uh, Hicks. You got Mac. You got. You got all these guys. You don't even need a blitz. You can play some coverage. So. Um, Mac alone, I think he's going to have a good game. He's playing through an injury. Not a lot of people are talking about it. Uh, he's He's got, like, I think it's a hamstring or maybe it's an ankle. I'm not sure. It's a lower body body injury. He's been limping a lot. So he's definitely not 100%. Um, so other guys got to step up. We got to have a big game from uh, from our other guys. And uh, we got to put some points on the board. It comes back to the uh, – to honestly, Fields is going to have to have a big game if we want to win this game. You talk about this. That will be my second key to victory. I'll just have two. I'll have the you gotta get Rodgers on his butt. That's number one. That's defensively. That's the goal. You gotta contain the middle and get him on his butt. Number two is Fields has gotta work some point with the passing game. He's gotta get it going because we're not gonna have that much running backs. They're gonna predict Herbert, you know, that that little nice halfback, like nice little right up the gut, that single back, or even even the the duo back that that, that we like to do with Herbert, even out of the shotgun. They're going to contain that. That's going to be taken away. We're going to, they're going to take that right away because we don't have much else as far as running backs. Unless, I mean, we'll see if they get creative. The playbook could get extended. We'll see how the, how the, um, what they do this week. I hope they get very creative this week. Um, Fields is going to have to throw over the top. He's going to have to get the ball out very quickly because they are going to pass. They do have a pretty solid pass rush in Green Bay. It doesn't get talked about a lot. It's, it's underrated. It's not as good as the Bears, but it's pretty good. So those are the two keys to victory, man. Fields is going to have to have the best game of his of his Chicago Bears career if we're going to want to win this game. Dante, what do you think? What's it going to take for Chicago to beat to beat Aaron Rodgers and company? Uh, number one, uh, for me, this is and this is a big part of the game. People don't think this control time of 
possession, keep Aaron Rodgers and that offense on the sideline. Number two, find Devontae Adams. That's his big play target. In key situations, he wants Devontae Adams, even on, especially by the red zone, on back shoulder throws. You got to watch out for that. Attack the secondary. It's number three. Their secondary is not that good. They're pretty beat up on the secondary. I don't know if Jaya Alexander is out. I heard he's out. So the secondary is very vulnerable right now. Uh, keep Justin Fields upright. They got a respectable pass rush. Uh, Sedarius Smith. Uh, they got Preston Smith as well who can rush the passer. Uh, just like JD said, they're underrated. They're, they're underrated. They're not overrated. They're un very underrated. They don't get talked about as much, but they can get pressure on you. And Justin Fields got to make some key throws. He got to make some key throws. The receivers got to find a way to get open, and the offensive line must hold up. But those are, are my keys. You got to control time of possession to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. You got to exploit this secondary. And basically, you got you got a good you got a good defensive line. You got to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. You can't just sit him sit there and let him just scorch up this secondary and let him find Devontae Adams in big key situations because those are that's probably the uh, best quarterback to receiver tandem that you can find probably in the NFL. So those are my keys to Chicago Bears winning this football game. And you got to have a decent running game uh, to set up that play action pass and that screen game. Hopefully. Ross, what do you think? What's it going to take? What is Green Bay? I mean, what does the Bears got to do to beat Aaron Rodgers and company down there? Okay. So let's, let's, let's have a conversation about the Packers. Now, I'm not going to lie. The Cincinnati Bengals almost beat them. Let's, let's, let's get that on the table. Okay. Second. Now we're talking. Okay. So. At the end of the day, what we're looking at, their keys for almost beating the Packers. This is what they did. Three sacks. Uh, excuse me. Uh, two sacks, two punts, little to no penalties, and barely any um, interceptions thrown. Okay? Uh, two. But, again, he's a young quarterback. And they controlled the time of possession. Your keys for beating this Packers team, at least in my opinion, is you got to get your ground game going. And then once you get that ground game, establish that 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 mid to deep ball, and just take advantage of that that secondary. That secondary is questionable, and if you start putting Aaron on his butt, and you start airing the ball out, you can get comfortable with Fields doing his rollout, his RPOs. You could potentially put this. This could be a seven point game for you. Again, there's no reason you can't because I know you're better than the Bungles. Like, and then, again, your third down efficiency has been better than them across three games. I mean, the Bungles could only get five of 14. Last week, you guys had what? Uh, what was it? You guys were. The Bengals aren't that bad, but I know what you mean. We beat them, though. The Bengals, yeah, I, I think the Bengals are a pretty decent team, man. They're up and coming young team. They used I to be trash, though. Teams. They're, the yeah. Bengals are a very tough team. I got to put that. Jamar down. Chase and Burrow, yeah. I love them. They're the only awesome. problem I have is their their O line is suspect. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the Green. problem. If they had a proper O line, those games would not have gone the way they have gone. They have not addressed it, just like the New York Giants and just like the New York Jets. They don't invest in their O line, and this is what happens. You have a talented team with just why are they losing? And this is why. I think you guys can take advantage of the Packers if. Cincinnati can almost get it done. 
I think the Bears could possibly pull, pull it off. The only thing I want to say before I, I definitely want to hear Bobby's points, but the one, I want to address that really quick because that's so true. I think we can sneak a win here because the thing is our momentum is pushing forward. The Packers have been all over the place. They are kind of up and down with Pat, with Aaron Rodgers' mood. Whatever Aaron Rodgers feels that week, that's how the Packers are. So, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Bobby? To piggyback off of that, if if you if you can get in Aaron Rodgers' head early, it's over. That's true. If He's you very can get Aaron Rodgers' yeah. head early on in this game, it's over. So, my 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 keys to to the to the victory here for the for the uh, Bears if they want to win this game. One, like I, I agree with a lot with what Coach Coach Dante was saying. You you got to find Devontae Adams and take him out of the game. Do not don't even make him an option for for Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking put Johnson on him with help over the top and just bracket him the whole game. You know, and then you have well, to sir. yeah, that's what we got him the whole game. And you, you know, Ro- Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack have got to come up huge when they, they have got to, they have got to make plays and make stops and get Rod. Like, like once again, what Dante was saying, the best way to beat Aaron Rodgers is keep his ass on the bench. Yes, on the side position, and that's how we beat the Raiders. We dominated so, the time so, position. So, but how do you do that? You make the third down stops that you need. Aaron Rodgers is famous for what extending, extending a third and seven, third and eight. You know, with with a nice touch pass to the sideline, you gotta you gotta get rid of those. You know, make the third down stops when you need to, and get get Aaron Rodgers off the field. Period. Get, send him back to the sideline and let him sit. So yeah, that's get one. Rid of them. Make the third down stops when you need to. Bra- number two is bracket bracket Devontae Adams and don't even make him an option for Aaron. Make Aaron Rodgers go somewhere else because once you get it in his head that. I can't throw to Devontae because he's it's just not there. He'll stop for you can you Aaron Rodgers is, is weak minded. He doesn't have a lot of like mental fortitude, especially when you when you when you mess with it. You know what I mean? He's he's very a like bit. he he's not like no you can poke he, him. He doesn't have that kind of build. If you if you can get inside his head early on, take advantage of that, you know. If they if he knows you're hitting Devontae Adams and it's going to be a miserable day, he may stop throwing at him altogether. The older he gets, the more true that is. And that's you know what I love about Justin Fields? Nothing gets to this kid. It doesn't matter if you have a cheap shot, it doesn't matter, you know, late shot and stuff like that. He doesn't care. He gets right back up. He has that Tom Brady in him. I think that there was a uh, uh the Brady Six, the documentary. There was a line yeah. in there. You remember that documentary? There was a line where it says some guys, they get punched in the mouth, and they get right back up, and they throw a nice dark pass. That's what Justin Fields did last week. So I think he is the quarterback for the Bears for the next 15 years, and I couldn't be happier with this guy. And I think that this could be the game that just defines his career right here. If you have a 200-yard, two-touchdown game against the Packers and win, you're starting your Bears career out better than any quarterback we've ever had. We would – you're already getting a statue. Like you're already getting a statue now. Like, all right. Yeah. So, so keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, right? Make the third down stops you need to make. Take Devontae Adams out of the game. That's three. The next one I would have to say is run the football. Run the football. Run, it. run the football. And if you gotta establish it early too. 
establish it early that you're going to run power eye or power football and you're going to run in between the tackles and absolutely beat the ever-living snot out of those guys. Take advantage of your, your guard and center play and just stuff it down their freaking throat. You know? Cody Whitehair has to have the big – yeah, like you said, Cody Whitehair has to have a big game for this for them, to, for them to win. Your guards, and, your guards and center have played well the last couple of games, so take advantage of that. Right, they they blocked well. They blocked well for the interior line. Blocked well last game. So, you. So my number four thing would be run the football, run it, and and stuff. Go right, go right at um, Green Bay. Stuff it right down their throat. Yeah, I don't. I mean, and then the last one would be the last one would be. Make sure you get the football on the last drive. (laughs) I don't care if you have to uh, uh, put a safety over the top of Devontae Adams. Uh, take him out of the game because you yeah. know in Bra- bracket bracket coverage in big time situations that's who he's gonna go to just like uh bill belichick does always find a way to take out your best receiver he doubled him all night make somebody make valdez scantley beat you or make that tight end beat you because to be, cause to be honest else. right to be honest yep. let, let's be honest coach jd ross right mm-hmm. if you take Devontae adams out of the mix I mean, what he's got Aaron Jones, right? So he's got, yep. so he's got Aaron Jones, and then do any of the other receivers Aaron really Jones. scare you on that team? Not really. Nope. No, not really. Not Cobb, so, I mean, so bracket. He has a good but day. that's what I mean. It's like you can't say, "Oh no, we got to take these two guys out." It's no, it's take Devontae Adams out of the picture and 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 ro- take Devontae Adams out of the picture and roll the dice and just say, "All right, Aaron, guess what." You are not going to get your number one receiver this game. We're going to do everything we. You're, you're not going to get him. You're not going to be able to throw to him. And Aaron, like all you have to do is literally just glue Roquan Smith to Aaron uh, Jones, and I don't think he'll have a good day. I'm. Just, I. That's all you got to do. Just, hey, Roquan Jones, he's your guy all day, and then like he's not going to have a good day. The, Bell, the, the Bears, Smith and Smith and and Mac and uh, Khalil Mack are they're fine. Jones is going to have a rough day running the football with those two guys. He's going to have a rough day. The Packers, I think, are going to have a rough day trying to find a run game against against Chicago. No, I, but, I, I agree. I, I'm those totally are, with so that. Those are my those would be my like keys to four keys to victory. Bobby's keys to victory. I like it. Those would be the ones. Um, it's so exciting! I can't wait for this matchup, dude. Bear, bear down, man. This is going to be a great week. It's gonna Bear be. Down. I, I think the game, the Bears and Packers game, could be a lot, especially if the Bears come out and punch them in the mouth early. It could be a. It could be a better game than people think. I wish it wasn't at noon. Why does it have to be at noon? Why can't <laughs> so, it be a Sunday night? Come on. Let's let's head back down the pike, down the back down I ninety and back into Foxborough, Ross, and our <laughs> New England Patriots taking on the. Dallas Cowboys, one of the best, one of the best teams right now in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, okay. So where we're sitting right now, let's 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 look at a couple of things. We have to stop that run. Like again, if what's his, if 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 that man be starts running down our throats, they got two hundred one all. Um, are, you, are you referring to Zeke Elliott? Yeah. Zeke the Beast. Again, if he eats, we're in a lot of trouble. Again, against New York, and again, I, I don't have much faith in this. Well, he's yeah. he's Zeke Elliott is running. The reason, like, the Cowboys are dangerous now because Zeke is running like 2016 Zeke, 
like just with freaking <laughs> reckless abandonment. That's like the guy. The guy is just running through people. Like like he like he was in 2016, and that's scary because a 2016 vintage Zeke Elliott running the football is dangerous. Shout out to Karam Awani, man. He keeps telling me, he keeps telling me over and over, the Cowboys are coming, man. Now they're scary. Everybody's worried about them now. Sorry, Ross, let me interrupt you. Oh, no, you're not interrupting. I mean, again, you're just, you're literally just quoting me at this point. You know, again, he is, he looks like a guy <laughs> who's fighting for his job. He's not fighting for his job at the end of the day. But the thing is, is that he's acting like it. That's, that's when he's dangerous, you know. I think it's going to come down for us in general. Keep smart play, no penalty, like keep the penalties down, protect Mac Jones, and stop that run. Because if we have to, because if it comes into a throwing match versus Dak, I trust our secondary way more than I trust our defensive line and our linebackers. Like even with the the lumps we took against your Texans coach, as you guys beat us up, um, like, again, I still, at the end of the day, feel like I have more faith in my secondary than I do with my defensive line. I agree. And I think they're going to try to run that ball, though. I think that I think that yeah, run game is coming. Dallas, Expect 30. Dallas is going to try and run the football. They're going to try and run it before they throw it. That's, that's going to be their game plan. Let's see. I agree. So, yeah, and then we got to see an improvement in play calling. I mean, coach, I got I got I got to throw this to you cuz me and Bobby, we complain all day cuz one we're old men and two, McDaniels has left us wanting quite a bit uh in his play calling. As someone who has molded young men in uh sports, what do you think about this play calling as an outsider? Uh I don't I don't think it's very good. Uh uh Josh McDaniel, <laughs> I don't think it's very good at all. Sometimes I question our play calling, Houston Texans play calling a lot of time. Uh, Bill O'Brien, he should never get an offense. Well, he got an offensive coordinator at Alabama, that's college, because you got all Americans on the team. And they, you know, they, they'll run first. But he he's a terrible offensive coordinator. When the game is tight, Bill O'Brien is a horrible, just a god-awful offensive coordinator. So if it, if it comes down in the NFL, he has to be an offensive coordinator. Trust me, your team is going to be in trouble. He does not know nothing about the game, about all, coaching a damn offense up. He doesn't know none of that at all. But, I mean, the play calling the suspect uh, for the New England Patriots. But my main key for the New England Patriots, I don't think y'all can afford to get in the shootout with the Dallas Cowboys. I really don't think mm. the way that defense played last week. Do you really trust that, especially if the Cowboys line give that Prescott time? Do you really trust your secondary uh, against Amari Cooper, uh, CeeDee Lamb, those guys? And Tony Pollard has been very good, too. That's a one-two tandem between Zeke and Tony Pollard. And with Zeke running the way he is, I don't think uh, Matt Jones, uh, can them, they can afford to get into a shootout the way this Patriots defense is playing. So, again... Uh, you guys got to try to get pressure on that Prescott. But the number one key is, it's not it's not all about, it's about getting pressure. The number one key is stop Ezekiel Elliott and, and Pollard. Stop those Ooh. two guys. That is the number one key for the New England Patriots. You can stop them. You make them one-dimensional. I think the pay, I think Bill, I think uh, Bill Belichick will find a way 
to stop this passing game if you can just shut that down. That is the number one key for the New England Patriots for me because Dallas wants to run the football before they can get uh, that press got started. They wants to run the football. So if you can stop the running game, Zekia Elliott and Tony Pollard, that will be the key of the game uh, to me in control, time of possession, and again, uh, run Harris and run run Damon Harris more, and keep that Prescott them off the field. I, I believe the Patriots have a good shot. If it's anything, I trust in Bill Belichick. I trust in Bill Belichick and what he can do on the defensive side of the football. If that if that running game can be stopped. I'm looking at one guy that Bobby over here has had like on the hot seat. I would say not really in the hot seat, but he has been calling out, and that's Dante Hightower. If you want to stop the run game, he's got to step up. Am I right about that? Yeah, he's he's got to step it up because like well, he's he's like you, Jay. How many how long how long have I been bitching about two him? weeks? Like, it's been like at least a few he, months now. He's been a he's been a ghost for a while now. Like, and he's supposed to be the big guy in the middle of it. You know, he's supposed exactly. to be the run stuffer. Supposed to be that guy that that dude. You're supposed to be Belichick's guy. So, where you at? <laughs> this will be the big game to prove it. Am I right? So, Ross, what are your what are the keys to win? What are the keys to victory, dude? How do how do we how do we beat the Cowboys? Ooh, okay. So, big thing is our O line's gonna step up. Mac Jones was on his butt half the ball game against Texans. You guys had a great game plan for him. You guys sent guys. You guys did what you needed to do to hold us up, dude. The and Texans Mac- were hanging off of him half the freaking game. It was bad. Yep. yep. But here's the thing. The only thing that gives me any kind of confidence is that if if Aaron Rodgers or certain other quarterbacks were in that certain situation, they would have been frustrated on the sideline. They would have been hanging their head. We came out in the second half, and we actually competed with the Texans, who are playing phenomenal. Like, I got to say, first, first half, like, again, the Texans are not a team to sleep on ever. They're just not a team to sleep on. But in my opinion, to win this game against the Cowboys, pressure on deck, stop the run, and see what our all-star secondary can do and see if they can make up for the last game where they just got burnt, you know? It's just the problem being is, is that I don't trust my D-line and I don't trust my, my linebacking core to hold uh, Zeke to less than 100 yards rushing, you know? But that's what we're going to need to do. Because Zeke is, once you get the run game going, the rest of the offense opens up. And especially with McDaniels calling bubble screens like it's going out of style and off-tackle runs that they know is coming. Like, how are we going to beat any football team with that kind of opposition? Like, we're shooting our own selves in the foot, you know? When he he calls two screens in a row, uh, hey, thanks for becoming a member, J.D. Appreciate that, buddy. Coach, I already was. I just had to renew it. Coach. I think I, I think it's because so I canceled that. If, if I see two screens in a row, it makes me want to reach through my TV screen and yoke Josh McDaniels out. Coach, what did you think when you saw two bubble screens in a row? Oh my God, <laughs> that's something that uh, Bill O'Brien would do. <laughs> throw two bubble screens. Throw two bubble screens in a row. Uh, we we did that a couple of games. Uh, I mean, against the uh, Buffalo Bills, and I believe against another team that we against Jacksonville in the first half. I'm just going through my TV. Man, please don't do that. Please don't do that again. This offensive line already can't block. The receivers are can't really can't block like that. 
please don't do that again. We're supposed to be going forward. We're not supposed to be going backwards or on the goddamn sideline. I'm like, please don't call that. Please don't call that no more. That's that's only working if your receivers are going to block somebody on the outside. That's the only time of something like a bubble screen or receiver screen is going to work if the receivers are putting up putting together some good blocks <laughs> on the outside. That's the only way that's working. Or if they're if the defense sending pressure and your uh your uh lineman dropping that's going to go block dropping back. That's the only way that's going to work. But other than that, man, come on, man. I like to go forward. If we're carving them up the field, I like to keep it going. Not slowing the game down by throwing screens and stuff like that. Not doing that, but again, uh, keeping uh, that Prescott them on the sideline. Ezekiel uh, Elliott, them linebackers. This is the time. If you're a linebacker, you have to. This is where you can get the action at. You know Dallas is going to run the football. Yep. You, if you're a linebacker, this, is, this it. is the time you get your work in and you get your action at. You get your action at. When you know a team is going to come in trying to establish the run game, that's where they're going to be more dangerous at. So oh, you know game, they're going to run right at you. Yes. They're going to oh, run yeah. right so at you. They're going to go right at you. That's their game. Oh, yeah. Especially the linebackers. The linebackers going to get some work in this game because that combination of Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott is dangerous. So this is the time that the linebackers are going to get some going to get some work in. And I agree with oh, Bobby. Jeff. They got to come up and hit, man. They got to come up and, and intimidate Pete, intimidate, intimidate Ezekiel Elliott. They got to stop they got to put a stop to that. And I had dreams uh, about Jer- about Judon. That man terrorized my quarterback so bad last week. I have dreams about that man. <laughs> that dude is hey. good, man. Judon is good. Matthew He's, Judon is good. He was, he was worth every cent they paid to get him here. He was worth every cent. J.D., how do the how do the Pats beat the how do the Pats beat the Texans? I mean, beat the beat the uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. How do the Patriots beat the Cowboys this week? I, mean, I gotta go. Yeah, like I think I think Dante laid it out perfectly. The linebackers gotta get some work, man. This is this is it. Like this is the game of the year. If you're a middle linebacker, inside linebacker, just a run stopping uh, defensive tackle, this is it. If you're the, if you're part of those those guys in the front, or even a couple safeties, depending on the formations, just you got to get that work in, man, because these guys are coming at you. Uh, the Cowboys' offensive line is not as dominant as it has been in years, but the running game is as good as ever. So it's it's one of those things, and and Dak is as good as ever now. So everything is clicking on the offense, and things are starting to click on the defense for the Cowboys. They're a scary team. The Cow, uh, the Patriots, the only way, like I said, the only way they're going to win is if they marginally just – because you're not going to stop it – you got to keep them under like 150 yards rushing, and then you have a chance. Then you have a chance if you don't make too many mistakes. But if they if they go over 150 yards rushing as a team, it's, I think you're cooked. So linebackers got to get some work in. Um, I would like to highlight a comment right here. Um, you know, I feel like everyone should take a look at this. Uh, can you look at Geese uh, 88, Bobby? Yeah, yeah. From uh, – <laughs> you want to bring that up bb is adam gates without tom brady let's uh oh this let's, let's, i got yeah, it let's take uh let's take two seconds for them let's let the guests talk about this first because me and bobby are just pure homers and we're not going to go against it let's hear from jd and uh my coach over here you want to go first coach go ahead dante what do you think no what was the question you said well, what would uh, Tom Brady be without uh, Adam Gates? 
Well, no, no, no. He, said Bill Bel- Bill, he said Bill Belichick is Adam Gase without Tom Brady. So, so the premise is that oh, I disagree. Yeah, good. So, what do you think? That. Do you do I, I you think it was that, man? I think I think uh, I think Bill Belichick is still a good a good a good coach, man. Even though Tom Brady, you can say now that Tom it's we all made we all it's all known it's all put out there that uh, Bill Belichick definitely needed probably Tom Brady to win win Super Bowls. Uh, Brady made Bill Belichick for years. I think Bill Belichick is still a good coach, man. I, I'm not going to say he's Adam Gates, though. I'm not going to go that far. And Adam Gates should never get a head coaching job in this league again. He's not a leader. <laughs> he sucks as a head coach. And <laughs> screw Adam Gates. Uh, nobody cares about him. He should never get a head coaching job in the NFL again. He should be banned for head coaching for the rest of his head coaching career in the NFL. Let him go to college or something like that, but he is definitely not made for the NFL. I still like Bill Belichick, man. I still think he can win uh with the right pieces and with the uh right and with the with the right pieces. I still think he can win. I think Matt Jones is a good quarterback, man. Right now he's proven to be good. Better than any quarterback that came out the draft right now. I don't think Bill Belichick is a bad head coach, man. I think he's still good, but the narrative is right now Tom Brady, hey, Tom Brady went to another team, proved that he can uh, win a Super Bowl. And, hey, I mean, that it, it, you you that, you that have it sometime like that if you're a coach. You have it sometime like that. Whether if you're a player, if you need that type of a quarterback or something like that, or receiver if you need that type of a quarterback to uh, make you, uh, help you be successful, it works like that sometimes. It's just a business. That's just how it works. That don't mean the man is a bad as a bad head coach, no, he's a great head coach. I, I still believe in Bill Belichick. I think I still believe in Bill Belichick a lot. So piggybacking off of that, that is, you made an excellent, good point. He, he's a, he's a great coach. Um, and, and and here's what I'll say, Adam. Let's let's go off the reputation. Bill Belichick is what he is. Adam Gase is what he is. Adam Gase is supposedly this is what they call them. A quarterback whisperer, okay. Quarterback whisperer, an offensive guru. That's what he that's came what out to be, and he sucks. He sucks right. at both of them. He sucks. Look what Ryan Tannehill doing right now. Look what he doing right now. He's he's got better. So hey. Well, I think it's just that, like, when you have Peyton Manning, when you have Peyton effing Manning, you don't really need an offensive coordinator. You're just kind of <laughs> there. The offensive coordinator. To jazz him up, like he's like. What do you say, Adam? What do you got? You got coffee for me? You know, like I don't think that Peyton really cares about Adam Gase's opinion. He calls every single play from the line. Peyton Manning does. Uh, he already did, rather, um, and he was so amazing at it. And Tom Brady could do the same thing if he wanted to, but I think Tom Brady doesn't like to. I think he likes to go with the game plan. So it all just depends on on who you see. The thing is, Adam Gase, to his credit, with Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler and Adam Gase. Works some magic. It was Jay Cutler's uh, second best year he ever had with Adam Gase. But on the other hand, like you said, with Ryan Tannehill sucked because Ryan Tannehill is a better, better off play action, and he doesn't. And I don't even know. We don't even know what Adam Gase's philosophy is. We just know he's a quarterback whisperer and offensive guru. What does that even mean? Like, are you just a good with X's and O's and stuff like that? Like, what is that? Are you good at plays? It's very vague. And then when he became the head coach, and we put the spotlight on his face, it became very clear that he didn't have that many answers. Beyond, yeah, I'm good yeah. at talking to quarterbacks. But anyway, that was, that's what I think of that. But we, JD, how many times have we talked the great, the the great quarterbacks? Great, I mean, like, like greats. You know, Manning, Breeze, Brady, Rogers. Um, yes, 
w- Russell Wilson, you know, the, 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 the great, the great, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, the the like they're, they're offensive coordinators on their coaches with pads, their offensive coordinators yeah. on the field. Like they're, 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 own like knowledge of the game combined with their coordinators they talk and they that's how they diagnose stuff and how they develop you know that's how they can they can guys like the greats like that can talk with their offensive coordinators and they can change a game plan on the fly like that well it's finally i find it actually i just thought of this uh, comparison so peyton manning and tom brady are very similar in a lot of ways early on in their career he had tony dungy which was a defensive coach. That was a Peyton Manning had. Then later he had an offensive, uh, uh, an offensive guru, whatever quarterback Christopher. And then Peyton Manning, early in his career, well, first twenty years of his career, I should say, had Bill Belichick, a completely hard nosed, defensive minded coach who would not give up the culture for Tom Brady even just a little bit. He's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't get your personal trainer out of here. Get, out, get him out of here. I'm, I'm done with that shit. So. He is zero tolerance. The culture is everything with Bill Belichick. That's his mentality. Then he goes to uh, Tampa Bay. No disrespect to Bruce Arians, but Bruce Arians is a quarterback whisperer too. He's just a guy. He says, I don't I don't like to stay in the office past five. He likes to drink like Mai Tais on the beach. He doesn't give a crap. He just likes to talk about football and hang out, and that's what Tom Brady wants late in his career. I think that Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady are very similar in that. They just want yes men. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to pass it to, oh, to one, of you, one of you Bostonites. <laughs> Ross, what do you got? Fumbled the pass. Uh, <laughs> so, again, we got to talk about, like, the Bill Belichick situation. I'm an old fart. I'm an old fart. Like, I've been watching since 86. Okay? I've seen the team without Bill Belichick, and I've seen the team with Bill Belichick. At the end of the day, and I'll just say this really quickly, no matter what you feel about him, this team has been a thousand times better than it's ever been with Bill Belichick at the helm. Did everyone remember what kind of joke it was back in the nineties, back in the eighties, before freaking um, Bledsoe came around, before Bill Belichick, even Parcells? Like again, he did a time here. He helped set up the institution. Parcells and Bledsoe today. are the ones that changed the culture of this team. Before yep, that, yep. they were they were bad, yep. bad, bad. Facts. Again, when you've lived through the dark ages and you can still say you're a fan, those are the opinions I really kind of go after. Um, it's just generally, if you can be there when your team is losing, you can be there when they're winning. And yeah. I've been through it all. <laughs> and I just know we're better with Belichick than without. And that's just... I just remember I remember when they when Parcells and and uh, Bledsoe got together and he... It, that. That that tandem changed the the culture of this team. It they changed the the culture. They changed the attitude, and it was they proved that we can win. We can win, and we can win at a high level. And Parcells and and Bledsoe together for those years, and they got to the you know they got to the Super Bowl against Green Bay. Like they right. proved, they they changed it. Those that quarterback coach tandem changed the attitude of the Patriots from just being this. You know, like, I mean, I didn't see it, but I've watched enough uh, enough footage of that Bears of them being stomped into the ground by Chicago in the in the Super Bowl, and you know they that was, and then and then they finally get back. It takes them all those years to get back in the late '90s, and they finally get back there, and they lose again, but they got back. 
Like they, you know, I mean, they rebuilt and it took them a while and they, they fought Parcells and uh, Bledsoe got together and they, they did, they changed the, they changed the attitude of the team and showed them that we can win. We can win. It was, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. That's all, that's all I got to say. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, Rob. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, and here's the thing. I want to call a quick audible for my, my buddy here, coach. And, uh, uh, I know we've done. We covered the Cowboys. Uh, we covered Patriots. We covered the Bears. But what do you think about next your uh, Week Six matchup against the Colts? I wanted to give you a little bit of uh, screen time on that. What's your thoughts and what's your prediction? Uh, really, the Colts. Uh, they got a good defense. The Colts got a solid defense. Darius Leonard is a monster at linebacker. They compete hard on defense. Uh, their offense is a little suspect. Uh, Pittman Jr. has been absolutely uh, fantastic. They're going to run the ball with uh, Taylor, who who I like, out of Wisconsin. Um, I, I feel like we have a shot. I feel like we have a shot to win. They're division opponents. So when you're playing, each time you're playing up, up against a division of foe, it's going to be hard. You know how they play. You know the team. You know the coaching staff. You just know it's going to be tough. And like I said before, man, I don't think my Houston Texans are that bad of a team. When you look at them, I don't think we're the worst team in football. You make it think about the Jaguars or the, the New York Jets who can't get up out of their own goddamn True, league. the Jets are terrible. Yes. <laughs> and like I said, I believe the Texans got a direction to go in. I believe this defense is better than what it was last year, thanks to Lovey Smith. I said we got 10 turnovers already. We had four turnovers all of last year, just an atrocity of a defense last year. We're tackling better. We're making plays on the football. We're getting to the football more. It just, it's just a lot more competitive. Even though we're losing, all I ask my team, like I say when I go out there and coach my little guys, I don't care we're losing. I just want that 100% effort every single time. Mm-hmm. No plays off, and that's what the that's what you're getting with the Houston Texans. They're hard nose football. They're not fighting. They're not quitting. They're fighting hard, and that's what you saw last week against the Patriots team. The Texans came out, punched them in the mouth. The Patriots were rattled, and then they they uh got it together in the second half. And the Patriots didn't expect the Texans to come out to play like that because when you're getting blown out forty to nothing, you're you're like you're looking at the team and you're just like this team doesn't have a chance. They just got blew out 40 to nothing. But like I say, those other teams, when you're in a playoff hunt, you don't want to play those type of teams. A team that has nothing to lose, a team that has nothing to lose, they guys fighting for contracts out there, those are scrappy teams, and you do not want to play during playoff intentional, intentional time. But, again, I like our chances against the Colts. Uh, if Davis Mills continue to play the way he play, the receivers can get open. If we could just run the goddamn football, for God's sake. <laughs> we have not ran the football since week one against Jacksonville. We have not ran the football week one since Jacksonville. But if we can run the damn football, that would make uh, it easier for Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. I think that I, believe I think that shot. I think that Col- that Colts O line is sus. I mean, I mean D line is suspect. I think you guys can. I think you'll be able to run the football on them. Yeah. I do. I, I believe I believe we got I I, be, I I believe we got a shot. I believe we got a chance. I believe it's gonna be close. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna win it or not. Uh, but I believe the Texans is gonna fight. I believe it's gonna be a close game. And if Davis Mills doesn't make 
idiotic mistakes or turn the ball over, I believe the Houston Texans uh, can uh, make make the game a little more interesting. Yeah. Hey, can I introduce the the, uh, the next news story, Bobby? Go for it, Ross. Oh my God. Uh, so. I opened up Twitter the other day and I saw some gold and I want to give you guys a little <laughs> I saw bit. some gold. It, this is just like, again, like I know the Packers have been through a little bit knowing that Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. And now one of their golden gods is in trouble. Hold on. Let's, uh, let's get this right for you guys. <laughs> what do you do? Brett I heard, I heard about it, but tell me about it. Okay, so quick lineup for you, everyone who may not know. Fred Favre, the Mississippi Welfare Department is filing six charges of fraud in total of $828,000 in alleged illegal funds he's taken from it. Um, the source is uh, Ashton Pittman on Twitter. I linked it on there. Uh, this is not just uh, from like Spike King or anything like that. This is actually being covered by real news outlets. and. I want to get everyone's thought on this hot button because it blew up on Twitter yesterday and everyone was just running with it. What's our thoughts here? And um, what kind of ridiculous is this? Wait, it was, wait, I, oh, so it's a like a welfare fraud? Yeah, so he took welfare funds of, um, of 828000 from the state of Mississippi. So the guy makes millions of dollars and took welfare money? Hashtag idiot. Idiot. Yeah, I don't understand. Idiot. Was he involved in some sort of charity and then just like scammed him and never cared to pay it? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that's, he, he, I never said that Brett Favre, I think he's been hit too many times in the head. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't paying attention or something. You got to pay attention to your finances, though, man. I'll come back to bite you. More money, more problems. So that's bad. Don't, don't get involved in stuff if you can't handle it. That's for sure. And, and we've seen it. He does have some, I mean, He's had some issues, but I mean that's the thing. Everybody's, you know, nobody's perfect, but yeah, that's that is definitely is weird. Something with that amount of money, if you're not yeah, going to be strange. able to monitor it, that's my that's what I'll exactly. say. Exactly. If you're not going to be able I'm to monitor say. that that amount of lump sum of money, you should just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. <laughs> but I, I don't. That's crazy. Coach, any thoughts on this? <laughs> yeah, idiotic and stupid. <laughs> St. O O P I D, stupid, stupid, <laughs> extra extra double O. Yeah, no, no doubt. That, that's strange. Yeah. So again, if you guys want more details on it, but again, I just thought it was one of those funny stories. It may end up to be nothing. It was just a clerical error, but um, and, but still, that's a million. Even if it was a clerical error, you need to fire your. Fire yeah. the people who are doing your money because now you owe a million dollars. And if it's you, fire yourself and hire somebody else. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's it, what I mean. Like, if you're, if like, that's, that's. I mean, I just, uh, he's, he's a, he's a goofy guy. You know, you hear him talk. He's, yeah. I don't, I don't know what he's involved in. I, I hope he's, I hope it's all innocent, innocent, but I mean, you never know these days. With people, some of so. these guys, let's be honest, right? So let, this can lead us into like real, real quick, right? Some of these guys in the NFL, they're not like they get these massive lump sums of money and they just don't know how to, they don't know how to manage it. You know, they don't know how to manage it and they just 
piss through it and burn through it. And it's, and it's, it's like, they don't set themselves, you know, they, they don't try to set themselves up for when they, when they're out of the league, they're just, and then I think he has enough money league, to cover it when they do get out of the league and they got nothing left. It's like, Oh no. You know, some of these, I mean, <laughs> yeah. think about it. Imagine being like a 21 year, you know, 22 year old kid, 23 year old kid. And somebody hands you like $70 million. True. Like that's, that's like, that is a life altering lump sum of money. You got to hire the right people to manage yeah. that in my opinion. You got to, or at least educate yourself. Like that's, yeah. well, that, that's why a lot of players have like financial uh, classes and stuff they take and stuff. It's like, I think that's the smartest thing to do when you're, when you're wealthy at all, you should learn about money. So well, you, you should learn how to manage it, how to, and how to save it. Cause yeah. it like that's coach. What do you think? I mean, again, man. I mean, Brett Favre is a millionaire, man. He, he's got, he's got, a, he's got, he makes millions of dollars. Uh, I think it's just idiotic and stupid, man. Uh, just to get, I mean, if, if if you got someone that can't handle your money, why not uh, get somebody else that actually can? But for us right now, man, you 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 make millions of dollars. You don't need to steal from where I found people now. Come on, man, that's just idiotic. And, and that's just crazy now. Come on now. Yeah, hopefully like, it's a mistake, but like, I don't like, you know, like know. Tom Brady uh, PPE loans. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Oh, my That's God. pretty funny. Yeah, he was taking notes of the NBA who got caught. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I mean, he's. It's. it sounds like a silly situation. I would think that he has that. Like, what is that to Brett Favre? What is $800,000 to Brett Favre? Like, come on. Like, like, let's be like, real. That's like probably like six months worth of you better be able to cover that (laughs) yeah exactly go sell some so go sell some jeans and some 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 levi's or whatever you sell i don't even know man you'll be fine wranglers there's it is yeah sell some wranglers and you'll get that money in like two paychecks no problem so for sure this one's one's interesting though ross break so break this one this one's pretty this one's interesting the next story oh yeah yep okay so let's Let's properly line this up. Everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite Twitter analysis guy, Adam Schefter, is finally in trouble. Adam Schefter. So, Adam Schefter, let's see. Let's let's pop this in there and make it uh, nice and proper for you guys. Um, Adam Schefter decided during the 2010 NFL lockout to send all of his unpublished articles to the teams that he was writing about. And uh, this, this under this new NFL email scandal because of the Washington uh, football club can't seem to run their own organization. So all these emails came out. And they found that Adam Schefter was sending articles before they were published and allowing them to edit said articles prior to them being released. So the thoughts and concerns there is, well, journalism, for one, being fair and, you know, unbiased. And the last part is, is he collecting favors because he is, let's just say, um, screening his content to make sure that teams are on his side and give him early scoops on things? Is that and showing himself an unnecessary so, advantage? So let, let's put it in layman's terms, right? 
So yep. before he would break a news, let's so to put this in layman's terms, guys, like and just simplify it. Bef- let's say he got a hold of some breaking news, right? Somebody leaked it to him. Instead of just breaking the news, right, with an unbiased opinion and just saying, "Here's this, 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 and this," and just right. listing the facts, he would send the the news piece to the team and let them edit it and then give it back to him, and then he would release it. Man, that's that's not cool. That's not cool. Like you need to just report what you got. You need to just report what you got. Um, you want to start? I want to start with you. I want to start with you. So, man, journalism, they call it the for the state for for a, a reason. Right. Uh, and sports journalism, you know, political journalism can get very, very much like this in a lot of ways, very corrupt, very fast sports journalism. I'm not surprised at all that it's very similar. And here's why, especially with Adam Schefter, because Adam Schefter knows everybody, especially in the NFL. He knows everybody because he's been breaking news since I was in diapers. So he's been, he's been doing things for 25, 26 years. He's been, well, actually, I don't know how long he's been for like a few decades now. He's been, he's been at it. So He's made a lot of friends. He's collected a lot of favors, as you said. And I think that he's using his power to manipulate the stories. And this isn't the first time we've seen this. And I think that this happens a lot with these corporate – pretty much everything on TV has at least a few of these guys that just completely manipulate the story or have other people that help them manipulate the story. And Adam Shifter just seems to be that guy. And a lot of people are looking at you like, what are you, some sort of stooge or something? Like, what are you – like? You're just you're you're letting everybody else edit everything, every you know, and that's that is a problem because <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers thing. Let's well, you just, never get the true story that way. It's exactly all, it's all bits and pieces Filtered. of it, but never like the true whole story. And then we're always left guessing why, and then we always hear the story. We always hear different sides of the story come out later, and then we wonder why. It's because of people like Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. It's because they drop those stupid news stories, those clickbait headlines. But and then they have all this filtered information, and then we only know what certain people want us to know, and then we are all guess guessing and asking different questions and arguing with each other. It's very it's very bad, and it is like uh, Rick uh, Rick Roberts. I'm gonna butcher that. I'm sorry, brother. Rick who said in the in the um, chat, uh, awesome part of the member game, awesome guy right there. Uh, Pseudo journalism, exactly. That's exactly what I think of that. Well, That's not, not true, real journalism. True, true journalism is giving the full story and the facts. And it's just when the facts. You send it out to be edited. The the team can clip out what they don't want. Clearly, he's not a true journalist. That's what I. That's that's my take from this. He's not a true journalist. He is. He is a. a he's like a, an, a. He's like a. ESPN. NFL shill, man. Like that, he'll do anything they want him to do. But I want to hear you guys' opinion on that. And I, I lost a lot of respect for him, honestly. Dante, what do you think, man? Oh, I'm a JD. I mean, JD said it all, man. Like, I lost a lot of respect uh, for uh, Adam Scheffler. I every time he breaks news, uh, whether if it was a trade or something like that, I always I'm used to believing him because he's the only source, like. N- a source in football that breaks these type of news. But every time I think of Adam Schefter, I think of the Aaron Rodgers situation of uh, what he broke, what he broke. And he went on uh, Rich Eisen and said, that's really not the full story. He just broke, he just leaked something. 
he just broke something without even without even it being true or or going to the Packers organization and stuff like that and seeing what's going on. He just leaked it. I believe it was talks between Green Bay and um So he picks and, and Francisco. Yeah. But I believe But see that's I even worse. Know. That's even yeah. worse because it's like your your that's even worse. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 the worst. Like yeah, re, that's that's his state. It's that's that's even worse, dude. When you pick and choose like that, like you're blatantly saying, yeah, I'm hanging on to this info. Like that's not cool. The you're fact saying that, you're not a journalist. Yeah, the fact that he takes the fact that he takes the news that he gets leaked, right? The facts. He takes all these facts. And then he'll he'll put it in a statement. He'll probably punch, he probably types his statement up and writes it up. And the the fact that he even sends it to the team is like, yep. so you, we the we the consumer of all this stuff, the supposed news, the supposed like like news that's coming out. We're not we're probably getting at best, at best fifty percent of what's really going on. Right, exactly. So we have to like take everything he says with a grain of salt now, especially with the yep. with the Aaron Rodgers situation, because I remember he also said Aaron Rodgers will never play for the Packers again. Yeah. Yeah. He never said that. Or or, or rather he never said that publicly. If he said that it was behind the scenes, it was off the record. So yep. maybe he was just frustrated. Maybe he was venting. And you're just gonna put that out there and say, well he said he'd never play again. It's like you're picking and yep. choosing who you attack, who you put on blast. Who you you know and and that's just not it's it's messed up and he's doing it all for ESPN's ratings and yeah. I don't like that. Well, it's 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 unbi it's it's not unbiased and it's it's yeah it's biased it's journalism reporting for your own personal gain and nothing more. Exactly. Yeah, it's messed up. That's that's my opinion. Ross, what do you, what do you think, man? I mean, from everything from what he's done to his statement. Um, as I put on screen here, if you want to, if you want to center that up, um, it's just a lot of, uh, hold on, Ross, hold on, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Something happened. Sorry. (laughs) Hold on. It, again, everything that Schefter has said and done recently has just made me lose respect for the the opinion that he has or the news that he breaks, because it just seems like it's over sanitized for every team. And I understand it's about image with the NFL. It's, but at the end of the day, when you, when I am at an all time low respect for ESPN in general, and then he releases a statement like this, it's just kicking the can down the road. You you know, it's just, you are what you do. You are the personality that you bring across. And the only thing we can trust is your your journalistic integrity. And I think this is a big stain on it. I mean, um, he's saying the criticism is levied is fair, but he's blaming it on him being young. You know, um, in no way <laughs> or would I cede editorial control or hand over final say about a story to anyone ever. But that's exactly what you did. I mean, yeah, but you let you somebody know, you else out. says to me that, you know what he's doing right now? This is just damage control. He got he, what he's what he. So if he's saying he did this 10 years ago, right? He's probably been doing this since he's probably been doing this since. And now this is a giant game. JD, this is JD coach Ross. This is a giant game of cover your own ass. 
Absolutely. And he's trying to do every bit of damage control he can. Schefter just got caught in a massive, like, this is not good. People aren't going to, aren't going to trust what he says now at all. Like they're not going to put as much weight when he reports stuff now, because what, what do we know? Like, like I said, we're, we're getting, we're getting 50% of, of the what we are as consumers of what he's reporting are probably getting what 50% of the truth. Probably. We hope. Maybe. Maybe. Basically, we get what, what, what they want us to know. And yeah. that's and that's the problem with journalism across the board these days. And that's yeah. why people don't trust journalists these days. And it's a sad truth, but you gotta you it gotta is what just, it is. You gotta just stick to the facts. You have to just stick Say to it the out. facts, man. Lay it out. Yeah. And it's it, just not it, especially it, with the sporting uh, stuff thing, too, because that can hurt like like the sporting stuff. Go ahead, Dante. Go ahead, but uh, go ahead. I mean Another thing I didn't like what he said when he leaked the Aaron Rodgers uh, situation is just he said it was going to come out anyway. So he just reported without just knowing it, without just knowing what Aaron Rodgers said behind the scenes. Yes, it was clearly that Aaron Rodgers was frustrated, but Aaron Rodgers, you make your question say Aaron Rodgers never thought about leaving Green, never thought about leaving Green Bay. He was just frustrated with the organization. That's all it was, and he came mm-hmm. out and leaked it right on draft night, right on draft Sweet. night. And That's what I was gonna say. Ruining the night for the kids. Yeah. So, like the chat, yeah. the chat is saying the same thing. It's it like, like I think everybody can echo Rick, you know, Rick's Rick's thoughts here. It's, it's, it's. This is a bad look, and his credibility. A lot of his credibility is probably gonna go. It's gonna go down for a while. People aren't, you know, when you when something like this comes out that you're editing, you're editing out like like what you want like you're basically just reporting what what the team wants people to know and that's it it's not the full story that's that's not that's not sports journalism that's that's not that's not journalism that's that's a bad that's a bad look credit his credibility took a massive hit in the in the sporting world now there's a reason why like sham sharania is growing on twitter and stuff like that it's because real journalism in today's day and age is just going to your twitter oh i saw something tweet it like that's it, that's the end of it. Adam Schefter with all this. Oh, I'm holding on information. I'm cutting all these sources. Oh, he's saying this. Oh, and then I lay out this big edited thing where he has his say and he has his say. And that's 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 the problem with everything because you're trying to manipulate us, and we don't want to be manipulated, especially when we're just trying to watch sports. Like my God, dude! Like, can you just can we us, just yeah, stick to the like, facts? Give us give us the facts of the story, and that's it. And that's it. Absolutely. But it's and another question I think that you know before before we kind of kind of you know push it down the line, um, if he's doing this, what other big sports reporters and journals could be doing? You know what I mean? Like you're telling me that he could be the only one doing this. He's the only you know he might be the only he might be the one that oh, that yeah. uh, before but before you leave, Pat. Good luck, buddy. Good luck this weekend, man. Looking forward to a good game. Good luck, Pat. Good luck to your boys. I hope we get us a good Pats and Patriots and Cowboys good game. game. Good luck, buddy. Thanks for tuning in and appreciate it, man. But like that, so that's the bigger question to me now is, is like, okay, Adam Schefter just got caught doing this edited stuff. Like, what what like is Woj is Woj doing this? You know, like he's, uh, he's everyone at ESPN is suspect now. He's he's one of the most well-respected reporters out there. Adrian Wojnarowski is one of the most well-respected sports reporters out there. 
it, like you just said it, JD, right? You're not going to look at some of these guys who report on big, high profile stories. And we can't look at these, you know, you got to look at these guys with a bit of scrutiny now because it's like, well, if Schefter does it, Schefter and Woj are, are like kind of, the on the same, kind of on base. the same level. Like it's you, so you have to be, you have to be a skeptic now. You, you absolutely have to. There's no question. Like, how, how do you how do you trust people when they lie like this? Well, especially when it's coming from an ESPN source now, especially. You well, know? Yeah, see, that's the most damn. It came right from a source at ESPN. There's a civil war going on over there. Like, they don't. They're mad at each other. They they're yeah. ESPN is. They are going in two different directions. It is it's bad. not good over there. It's not good over there right now. It's definitely no, it's not, not. there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good, man. It's not good, well, fellas. So not. let's get into the final. Uh, we're going to enter the two final segments that we got for y'all. Dante, me and you might be might be fighting in this one. but So the Astros take care of business. And absolutely, in my opinion, they wiped the floor with the I mean that was that was light work for you guys for the Astros. The Astros take out the the White Sox and get into the ALCS, and the Red Sox take care of the Tampa Bay Rays um, in a walk off style and head into the uh, once again we're head into the ALCS and we will face me and Dante going head to head the Sox and the Astros. Um, Coach, this is going to be a hell of a series. This is going to be a a hard fought, hard nosed. Like it, it's there's no way that this series does not go six or seven games. There's no way. There's no way. It's our both of our teams hit hit the ball too like too good for it not to. It, it's going to be um, it's going to be a hell of a series. I want to get your what do you what are your thoughts on the Sox going to going to battle with the Astros? I mean, it's going to be a, an explosive battle. It's going to be great. Uh, we beat y'all two, 2017 to win our first World Series. Then the very next year, y'all come back. Y'all beat us in the same American League Championship to beat the Dodgers uh, to win the World Series. Then we go back. We face the Rays. We lose to them. Almost come back. And I never thought the White Sox was beating uh, the Houston uh, us anyway. Game three, Dusty Baker gave the game away in game three. Um, Garcia was pitching great. Uh, he walked a batter, I believe. Then Ellis Money Grandal, I thought that was a strike call, which is he comes back, he hits a home run. Then uh, I think uh, Garcia puts two more men on, and this is the part I thought Dusty Baker lost the game. With You have, uh, you have, I think you have, I forgot, who it was he had up at the plate before that dude hits that 3-1 home run. So, okay, okay, he had Garcia at the plate. That's what it was. You're down 0-2. He's already down 0-2. So, at that point of that game, the man already up two balls. Now you decide to bring Hemi Garcia in the game when the man already down two balls to nothing. He throws, a, he, he throws another ball. Okay, he finally throws a strike. So what is Garcia looking for now? He knows with bases loaded, he cannot walk a batter. He knows <clears throat> a fastball is coming right down the middle. What does Garcia does? He gives a fastball right down the middle and he hits a home run. The guy's been struggling all 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 postseason long. And yes, 
I call it that was a fluke home run he hit because Kimmy Garcia was bought in in a bad situation when he was already down in the count. He should have just let Garcia finish off the at-bat. And then if you walked him or something like that, then you bring him in. Then you bring him in with a fresh batter, which is after that, he gave up the home run. He uh struck Hernandez out, Cesar Hernandez out. He struck him out at that point of time. And then from there, White Sox just had momentum. They feast off that. They won that game. So at that point, Dusty Baker, I'm going to say, okay, Dusty Baker gave his game away. Lance McCullough's pitches, he gives up a home run to Gavin Sheets. And the play, the game, the, the thing, the game, inning that broke the game, Carlos Correa was down 0-2. He throws Carlos Correa a high fastball. He was able to get on top of it, and that was all she wrote. Carlos Correa, known for getting big hits in the playoffs, known for being a clutch batter. And like I say, it was, it was, a, it was, it was pretty good all the way through. Uh, this team does not strike out. They make contact. They hit 267 the whole year. That's uh uh any any better that's, that's un, dude. That's that's unheard yeah. of to hit to hit two <laughs> to yeah. hit two sixty plus for the year. That's uh, what, that's imp- that's impressive, batter, dude. A regular batter average two hit can hit yeah, two sixty seven. That's, that's impressive. Or, but a team as a team that means you're making contact with the ball. You're rarely striking out. You're not striking out like that. And the Astros pitching staff is pretty respectable. Now Lance McCullers is out. I think we'll start starting Valdez week uh game one and Garcia game two. I think that's that's the starting rotation that I know. So let me ask so, you about that. Like McCullers, uh, is is that injury serious? Is that no, injury I don't think sti- it's serious? It, I think it's a, a swollen arm or something like that. I don't think it's that serious, but that's all I know. That's the reason why he got put out the game in the fourth inning right there. But I so they were just the kind of, they were just kind of being precautious with it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just like the way this team played, man. I just like the way they hit. The worst hitter is Martin Maldonado, and he bats he bets in the ninth spot. He bets in the ninth spot, but he's out there for defense to throw guys out on the bases and being that leader to that young pitching staff. This young pitching staff really showed guts. They showed poise, and I've been very impressed. And I think this is gonna be a great series. I think this is gonna go seven, man. I think this is going seven. Yeah, no, dude, it, this this is going to be a really good series, like really good. Both of our pitching staffs are kind of on are are pretty com- pretty comparable. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's all gonna be uh it like it like, and once again, you guys carrying momentum of taking you know you got you got right down to business and got rid of the White Sox in a hurry. We. We took care of Tampa Bay. You know, we we're carrying momentum in. It's it's this could be the best series of the playoffs. Yep. yep. This could be the best series of the playoffs. Our both of our teams match up really. Um, both of our teams match up really, really well to yep. you know to one another. It's it's I, ultimately it's going to be a, a matter of whose whose bats stay hot the longer the longest. Yep. If we can, you you're going to have to put you know three or four consecutive games together of good hitting. Yep. Yep. And and, that, and like like you said, like like it's very like Maldonado is very similar to Christian Vasquez for us. The yep. guy hits like the guy hits 240, 260, 250, 260 at the most, 250 usually, you know, normally. And but he's like 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 Maldonado is for you guys. He's he's in our lineup because he is phenomenal behind the plate when it comes to calling calling games for the for the pitching staff and 
being able to being able to throw guys out from he's he's one of the better catchers I've seen come up out of his stance and throw guys out at second base. Oh yeah. And Maldonado's the same way, able to come up out of his stance quickly and just throw a throw a, an absolute laser beam to second base. It's yeah. the teams are very comparable, man. It's it's um it's going to be a really good series. But like I said, both teams are carrying momentum in. Um, yep. What do you think? What do you think the the Astros' biggest weakness is going into this series? What do you What do you think? What do you think could hurt could hurt them if? Uh, I, I think the uh the young pit the pitching, the young pitching style. I think the bullpen is pretty good. Bill Maton, Kendall Graveman, Yehimi Garcia. And Alex Presley, I think the bullpen is solid. But the young starting pitching of Romer Valdez and uh, Garcia, I seen Garcia pitch great until the uh, third inning. So I think if it's anything, it's the pitching. I'm not worried about the hitting because I know the Astros are going to make contact. I know they're going to make contact. I know mm-hmm. they're going to work counts. They're going to force the Red Sox pitchers to uh, work deep in the counts. They're not going to swing at a lot. A bad pitches outside of the plate. They're gonna be patient, and they're gonna put a lot of pressure on that pitching staff. So I'm not worried about the hitting of the other Astros. They're gonna strike out every blue moon. They're gonna strike out, but they're gonna make contact mm-hmm. with the baseball. They're gonna make contact. Not worrying about the bats at all. Uh, my key is the pitching and getting off to a great start. Now, if the pitching can pitch at least good, a good five innings, uh, long enough for that bullpen guys like Hemi Garcia. And uh, Presley, Phil Nathan has been good since coming over with Cleveland. Uh, and, and like I say, and Kendall Graveman, if they can pitch long enough to hold off this Boston Red Sox team, I, I, there's no doubt the Astros are going to score runs because they can hit. They can mm-hmm. hit. They got combination of speed, power, and, and contact hitting, something that the New York Yankees do not have at all. And like I say, again, I just it's just gonna come down to the starting pitching. That's that's what I'm gonna say. So I'm scared about this starting this young pitching staff, but I'm not scared about the bats. I'm not. So so you're saying the 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 youth and the lack of experience in yeah. in high pressure situations uh, in the postseason could get to the. So, you know, I I was that yeah. See, that's what I was gonna say. The 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 Sox advantage is that yeah that we we or one of the sock one of the things the Sox have to do is get to you guys early. Get yeah. put runs up early in the game. Yeah. I'm talking from the fourth and fifth, you know, and prior to the fifth inning, we got to put runs up early, and we got to get up on. We got to get up on on the Astros early. Get on the Astros pitches early because if they, you know, we can't let you guys settle into a groove. Yep. And I think it applies the same way for the. It it's definitely applies the same way for the for the Astros. Yeah. Because because a, a lot of our the one thing that worries me going in is that our pitching's not going to make it past the fifth inning, because because of you guys' ability to to work the count. Yeah. We have got to either strike you guys out or let you hit into you know let you let you put the ball in play and let us let us yep. throw you out. Yep. And we we do ground into a lot of double plays. Yeah. Uh, as well, but the problem is, I mean, but the good thing about it, at least we put pressure on the defense and make contact. That's why I'm not afraid of so. I'm just afraid of this young pitching, pitching staff. I mean, being able to uh, not walk anybody, not walk anybody. See, that's what I mostly get sick and tired, and that's what pisses me off. When you walk, guy, I don't mind them hitting on. If you're a five to one, or 
even if you got momentum, I do not like walking a batter and putting a man on base. I'm ready for, for them to hit on. If you're up five to nothing and you make him, if he hits a home run, cool. Then you go to the next batter. But I hate walking a guy because that's what starts inning. That's what I hate doing. And we do that a lot. We do that a lot as a young pitcher staff. We walk guys. And that's what we did in the white with the White Sox. We walked a lot of guys, gave them free passes. You got to make these guys hit on base. And we, we have uh, the tendency to walk a lot of guys because Garcia, he hasn't really pitched in a big moment in a hostile environment. Uh, uh, Valdez, he hasn't really pitched in a hostile environment moment. Uh, Vasquez has done it because he almost won rookie of the year. He was third in the voting last year as a pitcher. And um, McCullers has done it. He won the World Series in 2017, and I'm still concerned. So, and let, let's, hey Dante, let's be honest. Both of our home field stadiums, it's a hostile environment. Yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough to win. Like when you guys come for, th- you know, when you guys come come up to Fenway, mm-hmm. look like the two the two games to start off the series in Houston are of the utmost. Like we got to get one of those. Mm-hmm. And you guys got to win, win both, you know, we, like yeah. we got to get one and you guys got to win it. Like, cause going up, go, like both of our stadiums are hot, dude, the, the, the fans show out for both of those teams. You know how Astro stadium is when it gets oh, packed. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 dude, it's, it's tough. You know, that is a hard, that is a hard place to play in with, as, you know with that stadium packed. It's especially when you're down. You do not want yeah, to it's, out. It's you a nasty environment, dude. It's a hostile. Yep. It's a hostile environment, and the same thing at Fenway. When Fenway's full, yep. it, it's both of the both of the stadiums have a an aura about them. When it's you know it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a good series, man. Ross, I want to I want to hear what you got to say, bud. <laughs> so, we've talked about this in the past. I hate teams that can kill you with the death of a thousand cuts. So we, we have talked this at length. The two biggest ones that just hurt our soul generally, and it's not even Tampa Bay. It is the New York Yankees and the Astros. What do they do that's really good? They take advantage of the fact that we leave that middle of the, the outfield open. Chip shot, chip shot, chip shot, get guys on base, and then you get someone up there that can launch that ball out of the stadium. All of a sudden it turns into a 3-4 run game. And that's all in one inning. That's how dangerous this Astros club is. And I give them all the respect in the world. Again, let's take cheating stuff off the table because I know people in chat are going to bring that up. Let's put it this way. If you're not trying to win every ball game, I really don't want to hear from you. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. The I Astros feel- are a great ball club. They got fantastic talent. The pitching is solid. And the batting is just stupid. Again, we have to shut them down early. Again, There's no choice. And, and it's one more thing I want to bring up. Sorry for interrupting you. Oh, no, no. Good, good, this good. is one more thing I want to bring up. That's why the goddamn Yankees fans can't win shit at all. <laughs> because you're always worrying about the damn Houston Astros and what we are doing. Instead of the only way the Yankees can win baseball games, they can just hit it if they hit it out the park. That's the only way they win baseball games. You can't win a well, baseball Dante, game. Dante, like that. that's why that's why both of our teams are playing yes. are playing against each other and because what do we do? What do we what do what the both the Astros and the Red Sox do well? Make contact with the ball. They hit, and we and we can hit it out the park. They situationally yep. they situationally can hit the baseball well. 
If there's yep. a gap in left field, guess what? Vasquez or or Bogarts or Devers can hit a line drive to left and bang it off the monster, and that's a that's a lead. You know what I mean? Like we play situational baseball very very well, and that's yep. why we're here. We don't. We, none of our like you just said it. The Astros hit over 260 as a team, right? Yep. The Yankees are hitting like 220, 230. They got and, and it's strikeout like, batters across the board. But that's what I mean. they don't have contact guys. They, they got home yes, run hitters yes. that hit solo home runs and they lose games four to two. Yep. Four to one. It, it, it they don't they they don't teams like that don't play situational baseball. The ones that are left in the playoffs, the final eight teams that, that are battling out to represent, you know what I mean? The final teams that are battling it out to represent each other in the AL ALCS and 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 uh and the NLCS, the teams play situational baseball exceptionally well. Sorry, Ross, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. And yeah, uh, no, no. Well, no go, getting, coach. Go, coach. What, what I was getting to right there, that wasn't even the part that I was getting to, but I had to bring it up on the Yankees because they seem yeah. to to worry about the Astros so much instead <laughs> of worrying about all those, all those strikeout batters that they got. But, again, yes, we did what we did in 2017, but at the end of the day, that banner is still hanging up. And the commissioner came out and said that we were the better team. Okay, 2018, we went back to the American League Championship Series. We Yes, the Astros had injuries, but I didn't make no excuse. Boston was the better team. They were the better team that year. We went back. What we do? 2018, 2019, we go back to the World Series. We lost to the Nationals. Even in the COVID year, we had a terrible season in the COVID year. Yeah. What did we do? We're Minnesota down. was the best home team all year. We swept them up out of the playoffs. Then <laughs> Oakland A's. Our division four, they won a division. We only beat Oakland A's four times that year. But guess what we do? We beat them. We beat them when it mattered the most. And we almost come back to beat the Rays when we were down 0-3 and made it to the American League Championship Series. This year, but that's we the, beat the see, White Sox. You yeah. can make that general statement in sports too. The good teams, the good teams nut up and and play. They they, they play solid. You know they they nut up and they they rise to the challenge and they play solid. They play. It doesn't matter whether it's football, baseball, basketball. They play up. They play up to it. They rise to the occasion, and they you know it, it's that's what good teams do. Yep. And the rest just fall by the wayside. Yep. And that's hey, why we, that's that's why both of our teams are sitting where they're at because yep. we know how to we know how to manage the big moments and we know we can we can handle the big moments when they when they when they're thrown at us. Yep. Hey Ricky in here singing Dante's praises like me. This Dante guy's going places. <laughs> <laughs> big facts. We appreciate him coming on the show too. Yes, definitely. Sir. Oh, Absolutely, dude. man. Thanks for coming Again, on. I, just drop I, your I link have, in that chat. I, like, I have the utmost respect for the Astros because with everything they came out from, all the all the negativity, all the stuff going on, they blocked out the noise. And again, my wife hates your team. Not generally because, you know, anything like beyond baseball. It's just you guys are because stupid they're good when it comes good. down. Yeah, yep. it's just you guys Thanks. always, like Bobby says, you guys nut up. You know, you guys bring the game every time, Coach. 
Yep. It's it's perfectly fun. Like I don't like 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 there's like a lot of teams where it's like I hate that team, but they're freaking really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like, that that's what it is though. It's like you know it's like you like grit your teeth. You're like God damn it, I hate this goddamn thing. because they're always, respect because they're always there. They're always yep. going to be standing there to be a freaking problem for you. And you know it. Like, you yep. know that's a good – you know it's frustrating because you're looking across and you're like, damn it, this is going to be a six or seven game series, isn't it? And you know mm -hmm. it because the other team standing across from you is just as good as you. Yep. At the end of the day, you just know the Astros are going to be there. And you got to – you got to – you you know the American League goes through the Houston Astros. You have to get through the Houston Astros if you want to win a World Series. The winner of this series is winning it's the World win. Series. That's what I was going to say, actually. Winning the World Series. That's yeah, probably. The series. Well, we've, I, I just, I, I, we said that earlier in this, we said that earlier and even off, like, before yeah. we started the stream, we were talking. I, I mean, Dante, you believe it. I believe it. Yeah, Ross, definitely. I think you do. It, it mm -hmm. uh, like, it's the, the team that wins the series between us between the Sox and the and the Astros, I fully believe is going to win the World Series again, because both of our teams have proven have proved like the no offense San Francisco Giants fans, but that team doesn't scare me. Nope. <laughs> hey, it I want to ask I'm sorry. you a question. Yeah, I'm sorry that team does not scare me. And the Dodgers, both of our teams have proven that we can beat the Dodgers. That we can beat. We can them, beat them. We We've proven that we can beat yep. them. We've done it before. Both teams have. So now, it, like. I, I think I think whoever wins this series is going to win the championship. Well, go ahead, Ross. Now, Bold prediction. I, yep. And I only have one question for Coach Dante. When Alex Cora walks into Texas Stadium during the playoffs, much like certain situations like Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, people of you know just again people who've made a name in sport. Do you think yeah. he will be booed or do you think he'll be cheered walking into Astro Stadium? I mean, I think he should uh, be cheered. I don't think he should be booed at all. Nope. I think he should be cheered, man. Like I say, Alex Cora is a great manager. Um, I mean, I mean, again, we did what we did in 2017, and it's unfortunately fortunate. But the guy's a great manager. I think the Astros fans should cheer him on uh, because, like I say, 2017, our first ever World Series, he was a part of that team. And unfortunately, he had to go. And Boston Red Sox got them a great manager, someone that knows the game of baseball. And I'm very proud of Alex Cora, uh, the way he's leading this Boston team. And it's an honor to go against him this weekend. And I say, me and Bobby always said, like, when I, every time I come in this chat, man, I hope me or uh, we talk on Twitter. I hope me and your Astros go against each other, man. And Boston, I respect the hell out of that team. And like I say again, uh, it's gonna be a fun series. Uh, it's gonna go seven, mm -hmm. and again, it, I, there's I just, no way this does not go six or seven games. No, there's no, no way. way. There's it no way the series is not gonna. Uh, it's gonna. It shouldn't go uh, six or seven. I think that's what it's gonna go. I'm. A, I got it going seven uh, games, and no matter what team uh, wins the game, it's just much respect, man. Because so, I respect the hell out of Boston. So, final question, Dante, and I think I already know the answer. Which way? What? How does the series go, and who you got winning? Oh, of course, you know I got to go with my Astros in seven, man. Because I Astros say, I mean, in seven, I, I believe, I believe. Like I say again, this hitting, the hitting, we won't have any trouble hitting the baseball. And 
we we do a great job of working counts. We do a great job of working counts and extending pitchers at bat. If we can get to that Boston Red Sox bullpen early yep. and knock those starters out of the game, it's going to be a problem for the Boston Red Sox. And they, even if the Red Sox, even if our pitchers don't pitch well, we still got a dynamic offense. Even, mm -hmm. The game won't be over because this team, even when they down, still work counts. They still know how to uh, hit in clutch situation. They're not afraid of the moment. Like Correa, uh, down 0-2 in the count. Down 0-2 in the count. He gets a fastball up. All of a sudden, just a blinking of eye, blink of an eye. The game changed. All of a sudden, just like that, and the White Sox don't score again. Don't score again. Again, we we down six five. Astros come back the very next inning, score before the White Sox finally can put us away. So again, I believe the hitting is gonna come through. I believe we're a better hitting. We're a better hitting team. And again, if the Red Sox win, I definitely respect these guys, man. And I say, well, win this World Series. Well, win this series. They're gonna. That's just gonna. Who's gonna come out with the World Series? I don't respect the Yankees. I don't have no love for the Yankees. <laughs> they still worry about the Houston Astros to this day. They still can't get it out of it. Get out their own goddamn way. And that's why for the next couple of years they won't be a goddamn. They won't be shit. And they and they always fold up under goddamn pressure. And that's why the Astros and the Red Sox are where they at right now because you have too many goddamn strikeout hitters. You go get this. You go get these big time players. Who strikes out a lot? Who can't handle the city of New York? Uh, you get Anthony Rizzo. You have a big trading deadline. You get Anthony Rizzo, someone who carried your team for the second half of the playoffs. Anthony Rizzo, when y'all was gonna get y'all behind kick by the Marlins, Anthony Rizzo consistently belt you guys out the whole entire year, and you guys still <laughs> came up goddamn short. So I don't want to hear nothing about at least we made the playoffs. No, that's not no playoffs. The real playoffs, it was Boston beat you and played a series. That That's the playoffs. Not the wild card. The playoffs when Boston played the race in a series. That's what I call the playoffs. So the New York Yankees keep worrying about the Astros. And the Astros going to continue to be right here. <laughs> you're going to keep winning and keep putting you and on the couch. Yo, and you're going to keep looking on the couch. <laughs> There's a the reason AL, it's Houston versus Boston. <laughs> and the AL <laughs> is going to continue to go through the Astros and the Boston Red Sox. That's who you guys going to have to continue to have. Mm -hmm. so, quick, quick. So, somebody, get, somebody get Aaron Judge and uh, and John Carlos Stanton some popcorn so they can watch mm -hmm. from the couch. <laughs> and, get Aaron, and get Aaron Buffoon. Aaron Buffoon. Some popcorn to sit along. No, with. give him a lifetime. No, what, what are you talking contract. about, Dante? Lifetime we need him to contract. sign a lifetime contract so both of our teams can continue to beat them into submission. <laughs> oh man. But so, Ross, final thoughts and the way the series goes on the Astros and the Sox, and then we're gonna jump into JD. I got some stuff I gotta ask you, buddy. All right, man. Let's get it done. Okay, last but not least, this is going to be a barn burner. I love mm -hmm. this type of baseball. This is going to be the type of baseball where it's going to be a back-and-forth battle. If our pitching comes in hard and fast, it's going to be it's going to be a sight to behold. But if our pitching slacks and it we start going through pitchers every two innings, the Houston Astros are going to take advantage of us. I was there for three of the Astros games at Fenway Park. Green monster side. You know how many times they hit balls my way? 
They don't care about the green monster. They don't care. You know, they, they, when I'm the type of guy, I look at things on the field and during the game. I'm not a huge stats guy, but what I saw from you guys is consistent batting. And then when it mattered most and you guys had guys on base, you guys would just slug, you know, worst possible time. Like we're 400 against you guys at this point. We're not even breaking even with the Astros. This is going to show whether this team is a true postseason threat or if we're just going to be a pennant chaser at least for the next, you know, two seasons as we continue our rebuild. But Mm -hmm. I like this game. It's going to be great, and it's great for baseball. It's going to be fun to watch. And I love to see the Astros kind of shove it in everyone's craw a little bit that you guys made it here. Everyone said after 2017, you guys are going to be a joke. You guys are going <laughs> to fall apart. And it's the same noise we get keep getting about the Patriots. But at the end of the day, like the Patriots, like the Astros, you're still here. Still it's going to be, be great baseball to watch. Oh, dude, let's be honest. The Astros ain't going anywhere anytime soon. That, that no. team is good. That team is good, and they're going to be like that for a while. So what do you got, yeah. Ross? What do you think? Uh, again, if our pitching comes to play, and I'm not saying just in one or two games, the whole time, the whole time, Red Sox are going to have to pull it off in game seven. I think we're going to come to a three and three matchup. We'll have to shut down your, your first string of batters, and we're going to have to make you go through your bullpen. Yep. If we don't do that, it's going to be Astros by a lot, unfortunately. This is going to hinge on our pitching, both teams. Because our biggest weaknesses, unfortunately for both ball clubs, is going to be that bullpen. If we start cycling pitchers, we're going to lose. Yeah, no doubt. So, Sox and seven? Sox and seven. <laughs> I got to go with my boys. But, again, close games, all of them. And I'm going to go I'm gonna go same way. I'm going to go Sox and seven. And, uh, it, but it ain't going to be easy. And, like, w- once again, like, we – like du- we got to do the exact same thing to beat each other, Dante. Yep. We got to take advantage early and often. You know, mm-hmm. the 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 Astros got to got to get up four nothing by the fourth inning. Yep. And the same thing with us. We got to get on those Astro pitchers quick, and get get a get a, a good security blanket of runs for that just in case because Houston is just like Tampa. You'll it'll be five one in the in the fourth inning. Yep. And you guys will chip away at that. Like by the eighth mm-hmm. inning, it'll be five four. You know what I mean? Yep. Or five or five five. You know, that's just the way the Astros are built. You guys are yep. built to chip away at those leads. You know, with, with the situational hitting, it's gonna, dude. This is gonna be a a battle. I'm and I'm here for it. I'm here for all seven games. So much fun. So much fun to watch. I'm here for all seven games, and I'm gonna say yeah. socks and seven, but it ain't gonna be easy. Yep. But it it's going to be a, a hell of a series, man. This is going to be this is going to be one of the best baseball series of the season. Yep. Oh yeah, man. It's going to be good baseball. And most of my baseball is just listening to Bobby's play-by-play. <laughs> and man, if you haven't checked that out, hey, I swear. Hey, I'll it's be good. doing a lot of play-by-play and I'm going to be in Bobby play-by-play, but man, like I say, excellent. JD has put um, Coach Dante's link in the chat. Um, so you're going to be that doing your your call of the game too, right? Correct. 
Yeah. You'll be calling. Yo. All right. So it, make yo. sure y'all swing in they there. Got both. Swing in there. Drop my dude a like because he's gonna be rooting. He's gonna be rooting just like we are for the Astros. Yep. Um. Gotta get both sides of it, man. Gotta yeah, you gotta get both sides of it. You gotta get both sides. Yeah, you gotta get both calls, man. So go go and check the go and check my dude Dante out on the call it while he calls his side of it. Um great episode of Dante. Thanks for having on. Dude, I've been watching Dante for like literally years now. Like play NBA 2K. I'll just throw him on in the background and I'll just be like doing other stuff and just yeah. listening to him play 2K and playing with his friends. It is great. His channel's great. But yeah, yeah, so go and check Dante's channel out, guys. He's going to be calling the Astros call of it. So if you're a Houston fan, go and check him out. And uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting series. So let's get into the final topic of the day. Um, JD, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. We're going to uh, we're going to go back to um, we're going to go back to Chicago, down the Pike, down the Mass Pike, back into the Windy City, um, and it's time for some uh, for some Bulls talk. Bulls talk. Okay, that's what I thought. So Absolutely. the Bulls get the W again over the Cavaliers. Um, they again the the chemistry, dude. Chemist, they are just building chemistry there in Chicago. It it that, that uh, it looks good, dude. I'm tell, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. They they Chicago looks pretty good, man. They they look good. They look they good. Uh, they look uh, they look really good. That that um. I think Lonzo Ball for you is is gonna was was a seriously good underrated like underrated pick. I I think he's gonna work out well for you. Um, but I wanted to get your um, your thoughts on that the Cavaliers game and um, just kind of give me your thoughts on the the Bulls um, the next the next game they got against the Grizzlies and just the season kind of going the season getting started and going forward and and um, and just kind of how how are you liking the new look Chicago Bulls? Oh man, yeah, we've talked about it a lot. First of all, I want to say like uh, uh, we also got to get Dante on uh, again in the future for for basketball season when it starts to ramp up a little bit um, yeah, because I, you know, he's got to we'll definitely get back in touch. Hey, absolutely, he's, he's yeah, he's he's definitely um, he knows a lot about that. But my Bulls, going back to the Bulls, man, the Bulls, man, they look good. They, they're like nine deep at this point. Uh, they the matchups are going to be incredible. Uh, we had Josh from the Sports Free talk about that. Me and him were talking about Kobe White. We're nerding out at how good Kobe White's going to be off the bench. He's going to be one of the best bench players in the entire NBA, period. Hmm. Like, he's going to be amazing off the bench. Um, and Caruso is a playmaker off the bench, amazing passer, uh, good shooter. We got, we got, like I said, nine deep, man. If you got nine solid players that can come out and, and miss and like create matches for people, you can go. You can do anything in this league. Now, do I think that we're gonna make like the ceiling? The absolute ceiling for me is what I'll talk about is the Eastern Conference Finals. It's the Eastern Conference Finals. We're not gonna get past the Eastern Conference Finals, especially if it's Giannis or KD. If it's Giannis or Kevin Durant. We just don't. We don't have an answer for that. There's nobody on that team at this moment in time, at least that I don't know. The only guy I can think of is Patrick Williams, and Patrick Williams wants to be a star. He just talked to the media about that. They were talking about like, oh, what's your potential? And everything. He's like, dude, I want to give it everything. I want to be the Chicago Bull. For you know, what I mean, he's he's hyped. So we got a lot of good young guys, and we got Lonzo Ball running the offense, making, getting everyone involved, changing the tempo. You look at what his little brother does. 
they are just a this these two guys are the playmaking brothers like they're like mini magic johnsons out there they create plays all the time and when you got when you got a guy like Levine and then you got a guy with potential like Williams who we talked about is potentially a Kawhi Leonard Jr and then you got all these other guys Vucevic who's an all-star it, like the list goes on and on. DeMar DeRozan, who's like a 10-time All-Star. Like, we got all these guys, man. It is stacked. It is going to be a good season in Chicago. And I, like I said, I don't think we're going to get past – I don't think we're making the finals this year. But this is going to be a statement year for the Bulls and the future of the Bulls. Yes, yeah. Ross. Definitely. Dante, what did you think of the Bulls offseason? Because they made a lot of moves, man. They, they, brought, they brought a lot of yeah. guys over. Uh, I think I think this Bulls team. Uh, well, I say I don't believe they're gonna make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. To me, they're still in its playoffs. They got a great Demar Derozan, a multiple-time All-Star, who can uh, go to the rim, draw fouls, uh, create in space, creating contact. Uh, Zach Levine is just a superstar stud. He killed the Rockets in the second half last year. I, I turned off the game when he got hot. When that guy gets hot, you don't <laughs> want Zach Levine to get going. Um, it's very rare He's for a guy that can dunk like that and shoot 40% from the three-point line. Now Zach Levine got help. You got Vucevic, who's an all-star, who can uh, also shoot from the outside, who's a mm -hmm. 20 points per game score in Orlando. And you got some good solid pieces, man. You got Alex Caruso, who can do everything, who can shoot, play great defense. And Billy Donovan proves to be a, a, a pretty okay head coach. So, mm -hmm. I'll say, uh, for me, uh, my uh, projection for the Chicago Bulls, the, the now this is a reason. They could be more higher, but I got to see them play throughout the season before sure. I get final get before I move, can move them up. I got them no, no lower than the sixth or seventh seed uh, playoff team. That's fair. Because Ooh. I got to see these Let's guys play. I got to see these guys play in the regular season instead of they're hot right now. Yeah, I see the matchups. Yes, and it's all about matchup who you get in the playoffs. You don't want to be true. nowhere in that seventh the uh eight seed because if you get anywhere between that seventh and eight seed, you have Milwaukee, you have Brooklyn. So if I'm Chicago, my job is to avoid those two teams right there. And anybody else, probably the Sixers. With with Ben Simmons, you definitely can beat the Sixers. Sorry. But Ben Simmons, you be, you can beat the Sixers. Boston, yes, you can kind of you can beat them. You can beat Boston, but Atlanta. Uh, it's, I it's, like our chances, ooh, but yeah. I'd give Atlanta the edge. The, the New York Knicks, I definitely like the Bulls' chances against the New York mm -hmm. Knicks. But my projection oh, yeah. for them is seventh and eighth. It's seventh and sixth seed. I think they're going to be a playoff type of team, <laughs> and it's nice to see that uh, Zach Levine finally got some help. He got two. Gordon, he got two All Stars basically on that team, uh, in Vucevic and uh, uh, Demar Derozan that knows how to win. And Vucevic is a twenty point per game score, and Caruso, someone that has a championship pedigree that knows True. how to win. And Lonzo Ball, who's one of the best playmakers in all of basketball, and he improved this three point shot. So I like the Chicago Bulls. I think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I'm gonna. Get them around six and seven. Six and seven. That's that's my prediction. That's fair. They haven't been in the playoffs in a while, so I, I could. I, I could tell see you that. one thing though, they're not going to be an easy out. Whoever they no. play in the first round, they're going to give them hell. 
the Bulls are not going to be an easy out. They have energy, man. They have energy and they have skill. That's that energy cannot be underrated either, and especially in the playoffs. Anyway, yeah, interesting stuff. I'm really hyped for the regular season. Very excited. The, Bull, yeah, the I mean, Bulls are this. This is going to be the best Bulls team I think you the Bulls since fans D Rose have seen in a while. In a in a yeah. while, at least eight, at least like eight years, I think, or well. Maybe 2014, so seven or eight years. It's been a while since it was like – That's what I mean. This is going to be the most talented Bulls team they've seen in a while. Absolutely. It's exciting. Can I I take two seconds to talk about that Bulls-Cavs game? What a barn burner. (laughs) What a barn burner. This came down to literally free throws and rebounds. Yeah. That won this It was close. And when people talk about defenses win championships, this is one of those perfect examples. When everything is even, but you play better defense, you control the boards, and you get your free throws off when you get it. Like, look at this. The Bulls are 19 for 22 at the free throw rock line. Yeah. That rebounds, mean, all the little things. All the little things. And that was that was a, a Ball's biggest issue. And it's funny. I haven't paid this much attention to the preseason in years, man. Like, it's it's Fundamental it's basketball. Fundamentals win games. If you're fundamentally sound on the court, you have a shot at winning the game. If you don't make if you don't make mistakes and the other team does and you capitalize, you're more than likely going to win the game. Don't beat yourself. Hey, yeah. Don't, yeah hey, exactly. Dude, exactly. Don't don't beat yourself. Don't don't let you know what I mean? Coach, when you think about that stat line, just the defense, and when it comes to a one score game, you know, how does it make you feel when you see proper mechanics wins ball games like that? I mean, I, I mean, I love it, man. Like I say again, um, I love it because you know I'm a uh, I'm a basketball coach uh, as well, and my favorite sport is basketball. So you know that's that's the sport I'm a diehard fan in. But I'm everything. I love football because I coach the game of football. So Ooh, like I say sure. again, uh, it it is key, man. Like I say, it's a very good game. If the game definitely comes down to free throws. Uh, in defense, that's that shows you how close the game is, how competitive the game is. And again, uh, I love this Bulls team. I like this Bulls team. And to answer a cool genius uh, question about Boston, I got Boston right around the sixth seed right there. Or I wouldn't be surprised if they're being eight right now. So I got Boston. In, uh, I got Boston between six and eight uh, seed. I got uh, New York in the playoffs. I got New York in the playoffs at pop in number five. Uh, area, but like I said, I love this Bulls team. I think they're going to be, be between 7th and 6th for Chicago. Uh, their ceiling to me is playoffs. If they can make the playoffs, uh, they'll be good, but if they get the right matchup, they also can get past the first round. If, if Barring matchups, uh, barring matchups, if they get the, the matchup uh, they can uh, get, but also, this is a good step for them because uh, you can also attract free agents to come play with uh, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan as well. So this is a mm-hmm. big year for uh, Chicago. Uh, and I really like the way what they're doing in the preseason. And I just can't wait to watch them because I'm going to be watching them a lot. I may be doing some of their games on the network and on my channel uh, because I do got the NBA League pass. So I'm definitely going to be uh, keeping an eye on Chicago. And, you know, I think this is a fun team to watch. Just going to be a fun team to watch. I think their defense is going to be good. Coach Billy Donovan is a great defensive-minded head coach. Um, and having DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, 
as a superstar of the team and Caruso with that championship experience in that locker room and Lonzo Ball, who's one of the best playmakers and also got an improved shot. Uh, I think everything is going well for the Chicago Bulls right now. Oh, yeah, I'm beyond no, no. excited about it. You said it Bas- basketball this season for the NBA is going to be going to be interesting because a lot of teams – a lot of teams made some had some really good offseason moves. So yep. I think I think we're gonna see uh not like we're gonna see a handful of teams this year that are gonna be battling it out for those those top spots. It's 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 gonna be a really, really good season. <laughs> yeah. Hey coach, quick thing. Yeah. Yes, who's sir. your team of choice out of Texas? What's your what's your uh who's your who's your team? Oh, uh, I'm a diehard Rockets fan. Diehard Rockets. Texas Astros, Dahar Rockets. Wow. Who's your Who's the Rockets' best player? Is it Porter? Uh, for right, no. Christian Wood is the Houston Rockets. Uh, oh yeah, Wood. Thank Christian you. Christian Wood is the okay. Rockets' best player. Kevin Porter Jr. is an up and coming stud in this league. From I Detroit, really like yeah. the guy. Remind me, he does well. He doesn't play like James Harden. He's a little version of James Harden. He's he a scorer though. Dribble. Jalen Green is going to be something special. He's gonna oh, be. Yeah. He's gonna have beat some inconsistencies. Oh, yeah. When you watch that kid, Jalen Green, that, that okay. guy's gonna be fun to watch. That guy, Jalen Green, is gonna be fun to watch. I like the addition of Daniel Tice. Uh, oh yeah, Tice. I like the addition of him. Jayshon Tate is a pit bull. Uh, he harass you on defense. David Nawaba, he's was playing very good last year before he hurt his wrist last year. He was playing very good, and he brought energy. Uh, he's physical. He guards opposing team best player. Uh, mm-hmm. The Rockets got a they got a direction to go in. I like Stephen Silas as a good coach. We're gonna have some struggles this year. Um, and like I say, I mean this Rockets team got a bright future with Jalen Green, KJ Martin, Kenyon Martin's son can jump out the gym. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. But no doubt, no doubt. That guy is that guy is fun. I can't KJ Martin. You watch that guy. That guy's a high flyer. That guy blocked just about every seven foot of uh, dunk that you can even name. But this guy's gonna be a stud. So I like the future of this young Rockets team. That they're gonna be something special to see down the road. We'll definitely have to do more definitely, the team. Rockets are definitely building towards something really good in the next couple of seasons. They are. They're, they got. They got a lot of good. They have a lot of really good young talent there. That if it develops in the way it yeah. should, they're gonna be. They're gonna once again. They're going to be danger dangerous again. Yeah. Hey, quick thing, guys. Since we are running really well on schedule, ten minutes beforehand after our predictions, you guys want to do a quick dive into the Rockets? <laughs> we. I mean, he kind of just did, but I mean, yeah. Well, uh, what's what are your predictions for their season? You think they're going to be? What do you uh, think, Dante? How do you think they'll do this playoffs year? at all? Uh, no, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. I don't think yeah. we're going to make the playoffs. But I would love to see some improvement. I see some improvement around 20, 25 to 24 wins. That would be an improvement to me. We had 17 wins all of last year. Uh, the James Harden debacle. Steph. The James Harden debacle was just a mess. He clearly, uh, I didn't like the way he, I didn't like the way how he treated Coach Steven Silas. How he didn't give him a chance. I just didn't like, I, I just didn't like the way Houston gave him everything that he ever wanted. In the moment. The Houston Rockets said no to him. He all of a sudden wanted out. That sh- speaks about his character uh, more. And, again, uh, I just thought he should have just gave Coach Steven Silas a chance. We had injuries. Eric Gordon 
Uh, I think we're going to trade him during the season. He's clearly don't fit the Rockets timeline. I like the way they're handling John Wall and John Wall is uh, yeah. coaching up these young players. I like the way he's being professional, but they clearly on the same page uh, because like he doesn't fit the Rockets timeline. The Rockets want to re rebuild. John Wall wants to win a championship in his career. Right. And that doesn't fit John Wall and the Rockets doesn't doesn't fit him what he wants. And the Rockets are nowhere in near in championship contender right now, especially in the tough Western Conference. Um, I think I, I want we had 17 wins last year. If we can get to about 25 to 24, I see some improvement. I don't want to see 18 wins or 19 wins because to me, that's not an improvement to me. I want to see, see some more improvements. If we can show these guys that we can improve more, that may attract some free agents to come to Houston and say, look at this Jalen Green guy. Look at this Michael Porter Jr. guy. Look at Christian Wood, who's a 20-point-per-game score and an 11-rebound-per-game uh, person. Uh, you may uh, attract a couple of veteran free agents to come to Houston and build this culture up uh, so far. So I like the uh, like the uh, the way that Raphael Stone has done getting these three getting these first round picks in the first round. I think Josh Christopher is going to be a defensive menace. Uh, that guy's been very good. And Shane Goon um, again, this guy is a big body. He can post up. He also can shoot, and he just needs to focus. His own his real weakness is finishing over taller defenders. And Shane Goo's got to uh he's gonna improve on that. But again, man, I see the Rockets winning twenty five to twenty four games. That would be an improvement for last year from the seventeen wins that we got last year. Gotta take what you can get. And uh, with John Wall, like I'm looking at this contract here. I pulled it up. Um, and it's $44 million this year, $47 million next year. And that's for a guy who's at best, you know, a top 20, 15 guard in this league with such a strong, you know, strong guard league. Yeah. No one's going to take that contract. So what do you do with that? With $80 million on the table, do you buy him out or what do you think? Nah, I, I don't think the team will buy him Let out it roll. because that, I don't think they will. I think they're just they can they're just all right of just sending him down, not letting him play another game, and just wait to see what team is gonna take him, and just be patient, and see what team is gonna pay uh gonna take him. God, if the Lakers want him so bad, I, I, it's gonna be something they're gonna gamble <laughs> on. If they're gonna if they're gonna need a point guard in playoff contention, it's gonna be a team that's gonna take a gamble on him. So the best thing for the Rockets is just sit back and wait. I don't see Raphael Stone or Tillman Fatita, you know, just buying them out, buying out that contract, like paying them 44 mil just to walk and find him another team, find him another team. Where he can so you think he has to ball out first, maybe? Like maybe go out there and drop 25-8-8, eight and, eight, and then maybe the maybe the Celtics take a, uh, take a swing at it? it. But the problem is he's not playing another game for Houston. He's not dressing up anymore for Houston. He's not playing. Oh, yeah, that's game. right. He's – yeah, so they're, that's why they're trying to sit back and wait to find the right deal for him. I don't and think I anyone's going to gonna gamble. A team is going to get desperate enough so? to gamble. Yeah, they I might. think a team is going to gamble on them. A team we should, yeah. It'll be yeah. interesting to, to keep an eye on. That's a story we want to keep an eye on for I-90 yeah. Sports. Yeah. We will definitely have to keep following that for sure and that see, where that, see where that goes.
Eighty million dollars for two years on the table. That's a big. That's a lot that's, of money. That's a lot of. That's a lot, that's of, a lot of, money. of money, man. It's almost. <laughs> it's actually like eighty-five million or something like that. So it's quite a bit. Yeah. It's not good. Anyway, again, Dante, uh, man, thanks for thank coming you, man. on, man. Dante, we appreciate it. This was awesome, dude. Well, we uh, we are definitely it, gonna have to get you back on um when the NBA like. We'll let the NBA season kick off, and we'll get it. We'll get it into full swing, and then we'll definitely bring you back on for sure, man. We'll, we'll have to talk you, about uh, that a lot. This was a lot. This was good, man. This was a lot of fun. Well, uh, by, well done, guys. Once again, another we, another great show. And do we? So, leave, for those of you who are listening, um, what's up? One last. Uh, uh, could some JD? Can you uh, or Coach, if you can't drop oh, yeah. drop his link back in the chat so people know? Oh, sure. Where they can get at Dante at. Yeah. So here's I'm dropping it right now. Uh, I90 Sports Talk is that's uh, that's Dante's channel. Um, he plays games on there. He talks sports, play by play, pretty much everything you can imagine uh, on on his channel about sports. He's he's truly a, fa- a passionate um, fan and uh, a lot of interesting stuff, man. Thanks thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, man. I appreciate so we so are for those of you guys who are listen who are listening to the live show or. Did, Did we lose leave? Him? Oh, don't they left? He didn't have to leave. Oh, oh, I didn't mean to. Anyway, he might have had to go. But if you had to go, Dante, thank you again, bro. Yeah, we really you appreciate again, you, man. Appreciate You're it. the best. Uh, and his like channel's it. in the chat. If he comes back, then great. But otherwise, yeah. Good to see you, my man. So if you're watching on the, uh, if you're listening or um, if you're listening to the playback, guys, we uh, we will be up on uh, iHeart. Uh, what is iHeart, right, JD? So we'll yeah, be up, so, on I, up on oh. iHeart Radio. Um, with the episode 14, um, yes. if you're listening on iHeart, uh, we broadcast the live show on Beantown Breakdown over on YouTube. Um, and then JD, um, cuts up the segments. So he's got the I-90, uh, sports talk, uh, channel. That is where you can find the chopped up and edited version of each segment of the episodes. Um, so if you're looking for a specific segment, uh, that is the channel, on YouTube that has all of the edited and cut up, cut up versions of the different segments that we do. Once again, the, the live show is broadcast on Beantown breakdown. Ross, thank you buddy for hanging in with us. That was as usual. Thank you for the uh, production value. Appreciate that. <laughs> Tens across the board on that. Absolutely. Again, fun for an old man to be able to write again. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. We, we really appreciate it. You did such a great job. And, um, one thing I just want to say about iHeartRadio, not all the episodes are going to be up yet. It took me a while to figure out the right RSS feed, but by the end of probably the next few uh, days, you'll see all the episodes up. And then from here on out, just uh, if you want to just listen to us in the car, iHeartRadio, uh, iHeartRadio, that's I-H-E-R or E-A-R-T radio, obviously. And then that's I-90 Sports Talk, and uh, you will see – uh, one of the logos that Bobby always puts on there, but yes, check us out on iHeartRadio for sure. But that is where that is where it's up, and that that is where the the replay of the show is up, and then it is on a uh, um, live. Yep, on your on this broadcast channel. live here. Um, and like I said, if you want to share a specific segment, like if you want to put it out on your Twitter, you want to you want to um, just share it with friends. JD does the uh, edit the editing of it, and he. He has the I ninety sports po- uh, or I ninety sports talk channel, which all of that is all of the segments for each episode. They're chopped up, um, so they're in the specific each um, 
bracket that you want. It's and you can just share whatever whatever segment you want. But we greatly appreciate all of the support again, guys. Uh, channels continuing to grow, both of them, and uh, we could we couldn't either one of us guys uh, couldn't do it without without um without you guys with the fans so, of this channel it. have been have been awesome. Uh, once again, Ross, thank you for the production value of the show, buddy. You, um, Ross put together the script tonight, guys. He's He's been a great help oh, yeah. on the channel. Uh, appreciate that, buddy. Once again, thank you. Guys, it was fun, and I look forward to your Bills beating up on the Grizzlies, J.D., because I definitely predict their win. What was it? Oh, the Bulls beating up on the Grizzlies. The Bulls beating up on the Grizzlies. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I ho- I hope so. It depends on how well we play. Uh, John Moran. Is that a season opener? Uh, I believe so. it, is. I, it I is. It is. Oh, that's a yeah, good season opener. I think it oh is. Oh my yeah. god, I can't wait for that one. All right, I'm excited, man. But this has been episode 14. It's been amazing. So this has been a great episode. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Once again, so Dante's in the Best chat. chat. Thank you YouTube. again. Thank you again, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and you will de- you will definitely be a reoccurring, uh, oh, reoccurring yeah, guest, man. It's a uh, that is definitely a uh, an invite back for sure. We will definitely have you back on. We'll talk some basketball for sure. But thanks again, Ross. Thank you, buddy, for the thank you for everything that you that you do for the show. It it is greatly appreciated. JD, as always. Bear the fuck down, boys. Let's go, Packers Week. Let's go, Pats, and let's go, Red Sox. We will see all of you guys tomorrow night for game one of the ALCS. Eight wins away, Red Sox Nation. Eight wins away. Let's go. And we are out of here, guys. Thanks again. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. See you Friday night. Let's go. Bear down. Let's go.